0: they see that the device works properly then release me i very much doubt it you see before you reactivated it i reversed the polarity of the neutron flow you
1: realize what will happen
0: oh yes you i've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the tardis should be free of the force field now
1: And welcome to today's episode of Reversing Polarity, a Doctor Who podcast where we examine how gay love can pierce through the power of the Daleks and save the day. I'm Amy, <laughs> and my pronouns are They Them.
0: <laughs> my name is Rosie and my pronouns are also there then This time I'm coming to you live from my original recording studio hey! AKA the floor of my bedroom at my parents' house Um, <laughs> Nostalgia It's not as comfortable as I remembered it being But maybe that's just the rose-tinted glasses, you know
1: I finally got on an the, actual uh... like desk chair Rather than the cheaper Ooh. work chair I've been on for the last year and a half <laughs> Oh my god I'm very
0: pleased for your back Lumbar
1: support
0: back. Oh my god oh incredible Sounds delightful
1: it's so nice thank you work thank you university of oxford for saving my back <laughs> please remove the statue uh. of cecil rhodes
0: yes please do that please do that how are you today i'm great thank you because i was up until one in the morning <laughs> watching the serial that we're covering this week this is going to be a wild episode i cannot wait Yep. Yeah, so what are we covering aim we are
1: talking about the first ever story with the second doctor <laughs> The power yes. of the Daleks, which has been yes. lost to time. So. Don't
0: don't. So it's the first. It's the first ever fully animated <sighs> lost story it's that so uh, the BBC has commissioned. It's amazing. Just to get it in front, we were both like, Aim saw it first. I'd sort of watched it before. I guess this mm. is history with the serial. It's Too Bad and Polly, for the record. Yes. Um, who are History a with the serial. Team. I received the DVD of this, I believe, like my birthday or Christmas after it came out, and then I brought it to uni to attempt to do a screening of it oh, at, you're at my
1: very sweet comics
0: and sci-fi society. And then I was having a great time, but the treasurer would not stop ragging on it. So eventually, I just gave up. Ugh. But <laughs> now that I've watched it alone, I'm realizing how it is the best. It's, it's the best so ever. Good. It's so good.
1: Yeah, I was sort of like. A bit daunted by the idea of a 66-part Dalek story. Oh my god, I did not need to be. I thought I'd watch half of it last night and half of it this morning, also staying up quite late, just saying, this is amazing.
0: This is great. It goes by so quickly, and you're just kind of there like, oh my god, oh my god, I need to watch the next episode.
1: (gasps) It's so good.
0: Oh, it's so good. Shall shall we get straight to it? Yeah. Yes. um, Oh, wait, do you have any previous knowledge of this era?
1: Um, of this before era before right um, into it. no I've seen a couple of stories with Ben and Polly before but not many obviously yeah. I've seen t- enough two to just be enamoured with him
0: yeah he's so, the best enough two so to be enamoured with him is like 10 minutes of the second Doctor <laughs> he is perfect
1: <laughs> you're not right. yeah
0: so following the Doctor's regeneration into a new younger body the TARDIS lands on a- at an Earth colony on the planet Vulcan in the far future of 2020 <laughs> <laughs> ah mistake um, Yeah, mistaken for an official Earth examiner, the Doctor discovers that a scientist called Lesterson is attempting to reactivate three inanimate Daleks found in a crashed space rocket. God, it's so good. Good. It's so good. Good, good, good. Yeah, shall we tell the listener what version of this story we watched each? Because we watched different versions of it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I watched it in black and white in the special edition, so the most recent animation, which has, I think it's slightly more up to date. It's got some nice CGI Daleks. Um, the faces move a bit more than they did in the the version of the um, Seeds of Death, was it, that we watched
0: animated? We watched Free, Free from the Deep. But Free from out, the Deep, yes, that's right. Free from the Deep came out, I think, just before the special edition. I think it's the same people. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the same style.
1: Slightly yeah, better, I, mean, I think.
0: Oh, God. It's so complicated to me who does these animations, because the first one of the invasion was done by Cosgrove Hall, and then Cosgrove Hall, I think, shuttered. Um, And became something else, and then someone else, like a different studio, did the other ones, and then they rebranded as like Big Finish Animations or something. And it's just this big web of messes. Um, On the plus side, Cosgrove Hall did the uh, Discworld animations in the nineties, which is great. Oh, I haven't seen those. Oh, like they're not like the like they're not the the they're Jesus Christ. They're a bit choppy, animation-wise, but they yeah. are great. And the design for Susan is like, yes, my wife, Susan. Um, Perfect. Yeah, they did uh, Weird Sisters and soul music. So, good stuff. Good That's stuff. so good. Okay. But yeah, so I watched the colorized version of the original black and white animation, which came out in kind of... The interim between the original animation that came out in 2016 and the special edition which came out 2020 year, i was I gonna think. say last year yeah. and then i was like oh god what if when this episode goes out it's 2022 i don't think it will be <laughs> well we can check the doodah yeah we I mean, might we be incredibly
1: ahead of ourselves oh i think this is gonna go out in december 2021 happy okay, christmas so last
0: year happy christmas everybody <laughs> <laughs> god we we really do it's for the record it is currently the 30th of may
1: Somebody, please pay us, so we we can pay Rosie to edit, so we can actually do it
0: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so um, or just pay someone else to do it but That's no um, the colorized version of this was kind of interesting because like obviously it is an odd experience watching the second doctor in colour in mm. any like capacity I did find on YouTube like a 12 year old fan project of colorizing and like a recon Ooh. it was very strange for me just because it was like one of those ones where they animate the pictures to have the mouth move but everything Ooh, else nope, is completely nope, static nope, nope, you know nope. like oh but you know it was, it was an interesting project there's some slight differences between the special edition and the, the first one like as aim says the animation is a bit smoother i think mm-hmm. the cgi daleks are like similar They're they were really nice yeah they so. were the best part of the one that i watched also um and they like removed one of a very short scene in the special edition so that they didn't have to spend time animating it <laughs> um <laughs> which they also did in the macro terror and everyone was like oh i can't believe they've done this and it's like well you can still listen to the original audio with the with the recon and the telesnaps. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. um... Speaking of recolouring, this is like our first tangent of the episode. Have you seen in-colour pictures of the set of the original Adam's Family ATV show?
0: Yes! Oh my god, I love it. So It it is
1: how I would like to decorate my home. Colour and clashing patterns everywhere.
0: That does sound like how you would decorate a thing. It's it's yeah. great, and it's like, well maybe it was intended so that the grayscale would be more contrasting, but also it's kind of funny to just imagine that the Adams Family, this whole time people have been misinterpreting them, and actually they are... Uh, pastel goths. <laughs> extremely, yeah, pastel goths.
1: Which is my vibe. Shall we jump into the recap?
0: Yes, let's, yeah. let's. Alright,
1: so episode one starts with Ben and Polly being bewildered after discovering yep. that the first Doctor has transformed into a completely different younger man. <laughs> the, the new Doctor rummages through his things and finds a mirror which he thrusts into Ben's hands. The mirror briefly reflects the face of the first Doctor before changing back into that of the second Doctor, which I love, It's adorable.
0: It's- it's so good. Like these uh, very, very first moments of Patrick Troughton as the Doctor have been preserved by have like they? some heroic fan. It's some Ugh. of the surviving, some of the surviving footage which I watched. name didn't have time to watch. Sorry. Fair enough. and can watch it after. No, it's not a problem. <laughs> you can watch it after. I can but There's like. Some, as far as I remember from, I think it's a Josh Snares video where they explain this, but basically there's like, there were personal video cameras in like the 60s, but it was the kind of thing where you had to wind a handle at the exact same shutter speed as the television. So it's kind of choppy and a little bit odd, but it does like capture some of these moments of Patrick Troughton and his incredible face. And you're like, oh my God, at least we have this.
1: I need to look Um, that up. I saw some of the safe footage uh, on YouTube, but I didn't get that bit
0: it should all be on the dvd i think because i saw it on the dvd oh there um, i
1: was kind of overwhelmed with the amount of special features on the special edition dvd
0: that is valid i the, i need like a me- i need jesus i need like a medium amount of special features because like the special edition dvds you kind of go and you're like why are there seven documentaries on here but then mm. i got the enemy of the world dvd when that first got discovered and there were no special features on it uh. i was like couldn't you've like knocked together like
1: half a documentary
0: yeah, I mean, to be fair, they were releasing them very quickly because the whole thing yeah. was that they had that big announcement of the 11 missing episodes being found, and I was like, oh my god! Mm. Um, nothing in my life has ever compared to that joy, I think.
1: Nothing. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to Enemy of the World. It's it's like my problematic fave
0: i've heard it is problematic but also a fave uh yeah so you know uh, but our unproblematic fave is the second doctor who has just appeared for the first time and oh my god he's i love
1: um (laughs) also i want to come on how skeptical ben is already ben is like this can't be the doctor it is it is fake i think he tries like putting a ring on his finger and then it falls off and he's like can't be the doctor his ring doesn't fit see i'm like his entire
0: body has changed Ben. what do you expect I, uh, for the listener, this is the first time in a while I've read the novelisation, but it is a bumper novelisation, so I did not actually finish it because I didn't start reading it until about 9am this morning. (laughs) Um... But in that it goes more into like the POV of each character, so um, Ben is sceptical and he and Polly, he's constantly trying out these new theories on Polly as to how oh, the Second so Doctor good. has appeared in the place of the First Doctor. Um, and also it has some stuff from Two's perspective where he's Ooh. clearly got like regeneration sickness, which is like, yes, yeah. we love some retconning to explain <laughs> why Two is being a complete weirdo.
1: <laughs> I mean, he is even a complete weirdo. Yoush,
0: even more than you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we see this mirror effect and it looks so fun so just like and that's one of the little clips that has survived mm. is that moment and I need to know how they did it. Um.
1: <laughs> so they got a specific um a very specific picture of William Hartnell from a particular angle so they could make sure that they could morph it into the exact same shot of Troughton
0: I love that. I love
1: yeah. that. <sighs> Me too. All right, so back in the Tardis, the doctor finds a piece of metal in his jacket and murmurs extermination to himself. Oh, he also <laughs> finds a recorder.
0: Yes, yes, yes. He,
1: the recorder features heavily in the story. He opens yes, the Tardis it's perfect. Door. It's so good. He opens I the started learning
0: the recorder as a child. I'm fairly certain so because I. of the second Doctor. Oh
1: my god, that's even better. We had mandatory recorder lessons at school.
0: I mean, we also had that, but I was enthusiastic about it because
1: of the second Doctor. <laughs> um, he opens the TARDIS door. Ben is concerned that the Doctor hasn't taken any readings, but the Doctor reveals that he had, but no one noticed.
0: It's, he, like, recites the readings off by heart, so and you're good. like, oh, Doctor, I love yeah. when you're a little show-off. Um, also, I did edit most of the summary. Thank but you, you there, there are also a couple of other bits in here. So basically, the Doctor has gone into this big chest that he has found. I can't yeah. know if it's in the console room or in another room. I think but it in is. In my animation, it was. In the animation it's in the console room, but in the novelization they like go into a wardrobe. It's a whole thing, but they open this big sea chest and the doctor's kind of rummaging through it and he pulls out um, like a a scythe from uh, The the Crusades, the episode The Crusades, and you're like, oh my god. It's so cute. (laughs) They mentioned it. They mentioned an episode, uh, which I actually have seen the um, William Russell aided reconstruction of the Crusades quite a long time ago. Um, It was quite good as far Mm. as I remember. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and then what else does he pull out of the of the chest? There's some other stuff.
1: uh Cannot remember. Because oh because my memory uh, a piece of paper. He gets
0: the he, he gets the diary out, doesn't he?
1: He yeah, he walks out with the five hundred year diary.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Hang on, let me scroll down. Yes. And then he like at one point, um Ben calls him Meal China, which is cockney rhyming slang for mate. Uh, oh. And he says China, and then he like looks up and he's like, oh yeah, I went there once and I met Marco Polo or whatever. And you're like, oh my god, they're referencing it's the past. So cute. It's I love really what classic Who. I love what classic Who, especially black and white Doctor Who, is self-referential because <laughs> it's like ah, oh, continuity, a little crumb of continuity
1: as a treat. It makes so much sense that they want that continuity in the first second Doctor story because so much was riding on this story; it had to work.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, and also uh, that that first hint of the Daleks, where he mutters "extermination" it's to himself, so you're like, "Oh my god!" Just that little glance of the serious side of Patrick Trant's doctor is so good. This early on in the story, and you're like, "Ooh, it's so good." Um, whereas in the novelisation, just full on goes, "Oh yeah, this is a bit of a, a Dalek from the city of Skyro that my granddaughter Susan gave to me," and you're like, "You know, I appreciate the exposition in the novelisation, but
1: um, <laughs> I like how it happened on the screen." <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a lot more in keeping with the kind of uh, fugue state that Tu has found himself in. Yeah.
1: The Doctor exits the TARDIS while reading the diary at the same time. The TARDIS has landed on a desolate planet filled with rocky formations and mercury pools, which he manages to dodge while not looking up from his diary. <laughs> then he finds a man shouting for assistance as the doctor approaches the man is shot and killed by an unseen assassin oh boy
0: in the animation because they can't do like expressive physical acting it's just two standing there stock still looking down at this body I don't know why, but I found it so funny. Just the tableau that was created was incredible. Um, Yeah, I mean, first death in the story is like four minutes in or something. And
1: there's a lot of death in the story.
0: Yeah, it's a very death-heavy story because the Daleks are like that, um, as it turns out.
1: Examining the body, the doctor finds a badge and puts on his predecessor's wire-rimmed glasses to examine it. The man is the examiner from Earth. Meanwhile, the Doctor is almost the assassin's next target. He is knocked unconscious, though he pulls a button off the attacker's clothes as he is taken down.
0: I ben and thought emit- this was uh, mm-hmm. that the attacker puts the button in his hand. I was a bit confused by this. Uh, this this uh. bit makes more sense yeah i mean because the whole thing is that it's a frame job so i don't know yeah. if they've deliberately cut a button off of someone's clothes and then put it in his hand but then it seems like that's too much premeditation that's very when they convoluted. didn't know he was going to be there it is yeah. very convoluted isn't it it's yes. almost like doctor who can be a bit confusing from time to time well this I is I why we love idea. it <laughs> um,
1: then ben and yeah. Polly emerge from the tardis but get too close to the mercury pools and collapse from the fumes
0: classic yeah classic um the doctor's reading glasses don't work properly anymore because his eyes are too good and i wish that were me i wish (laughs) like because i lost my glasses this morning i wish i could have gone to little and been like wow i can see i it was the opposite
1: amazing the three travelers are rescued by quinn deputy governor and bragan head of security bragan i think
0: i don't know (laughs) don't ask me
1: They take the doctor to the examiner, something the doctor elects to go along with.
0: He did deliberately put on the badge. He's yes. Like, this I, seems like yep, it could, I, be I me. could be this. Go for it.
1: Could be me. At the human colony, Lesterson, a scientist, is informed by his assistant Jan Lee that the examiner has arrived. She asks if she, she asks if she can still have her meeting here tonight. Lesterson agrees, but he is distracted by experiments on his capsule which is made of a metal that is entirely non-corrosive. Ooh.
0: Ooh. I'm just thinking about the logistics of a metal that's entirely non-corrosive. I do have my mum's copy of The Science of Doctor Who to crack out later.
1: Beautiful. When in the colony, the doctor admits nothing, plays the fool, and, much to Ben's annoyance, remains very inactive, hoping (laughs) hoping to expose the murderer of the real examiner. Governor Hensel introduces himself and gives him free run of the compound. The Doctor asks about the capsule, and Hensel explains it was fished out of a mercury pool where it had lain dormant for hundreds of years.
0: I, I really love that. And then the Doctor's a bit sceptical about this, and yeah. it's like, yeah, you know what? Why were they fishing in a mercury pool? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no fish in there. What are you looking for?
1: <laughs> Unless there are. Unless it's like the three-eyed fish from The
0: Simpsons. Oh my god, Blinky. Yes. Spit- oh my god, Doctor Who, Blinky, crossover. That's incredible. We could have had all. I think it all. that we need more weird wildlife in Doctor Who. We like, do, we've got nor- yeah. We've got sentient aliens, but they don't really have, like, animal. Like, dog aliens, you know? Like, we need to
1: get Adrian Tchaikovsky in on this shit, and he will be all over it.
0: I have no doubt. I have not read any Adrian Tchaikovsky. I see it constantly, and I'm like, that sounds cool, and then I don't read it. <laughs> I'm
1: getting really into his stuff at the moment. I've just got his new book, nice. um really enjoying it it's also narrated by Sophie Aldred so
0: nice 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 I've Mm -hmm. just started reading Ghostland by Edward Parnell I love that okay
1: it's a great book I love it
0: yeah I'm really enjoying it so far it's Um, it's just
1: that nice little like mend of like oral history style stuff through autobiography which is my jam
0: yes
1: yeah I hope you really
0: um, enjoy it going back to Doctor Who (laughs) So the Mercury Pool, I love this concept of this this horrible, horrible planet that is completely inhospitable and has 8,000 people living there. That's such a human colonialism thing to be like, I think we can do it. I think we can take over this planet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, where are we? Cool, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In the corridor outside, Jan Lee comes across Quinn, with whom she seems very close. She touches <laughs> his sleeve and mentions he's missing a button. With Hensel Janly Quinn,
0: is Janly is our second wife. Our second there's wife. two women. It's a, it's another one with two women in it. We're blessed, uh, we are
1: lucky how much the gods dote on us.
0: There's a third woman in the novelisation because the medical person <laughs> is, is a woman. But I don't think she appears in the no, in the actual think. serial, so she might have been cut from the original draft. Yeah. With Hensel
1: Quinn and Braggon, the Doctor and his two friends are brought to the lab, brought to the laboratory. Laborat- thank you. Where Lesterson and Demley <laughs> are studying the capsule. When looking around the lab, the Doctor finds a piece of metal exactly like the one in his jacket. The scientists ask him for permission to open the capsule, which he grants them.
0: He, like, picks it up and says extermination again, just so that we get that it's the same (laughs) shape. Same thing. Which I do actually appreciate. I think it's a good kind of continuity. And Ben and Polly still have no idea what he's cracking on about.
1: Amazing. They open the hatch with a laser to reveal an empty entryway. The doctor finds a thin opening in the capsule, but doesn't mention it to anyone. He orders they go no further tonight to Hensel's annoyance. The doctor returns later that night and secretly re-enters the capsule, using the piece of metal from the TARDIS <laughs> as well as the one from the lab as key. Ben and Polly follow him, finding his way into an inner chamber. The doctor discovers two dormant Daleks and some space where a missing third one must have been. <gasps> Polly screams as a mutant creature scurries across the floor.
0: such it's a, such good, a cliffhanger. good cliffhanger, and it and looks like, so cool, covered in
1: cobwebs and
0: yeah.
1: Oh, it's so creepy.
0: Once again, we have to wonder where the native arachnids of Skaro are. But <laughs> let's not worry <laughs> about that. Not today. <laughs> they're just showing that it hasn't been opened in a long time, and they're not thinking where's the spiders. This is just maybe Daleks <laughs> spontaneously generate web when they're just sat dormant for like. I mean, years. they are mutants. And no one has noticed.
1: They are mutants. They, we do know that no this one... happened to Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, no one's no one studied the Daleks to see whether the radiation has given them spider powers, and I really think that we should get a research grant about the same. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll apply to the NERC and see what they can give us.
0: That sounds excellent. That sounds excellent. Is that the Ethical Research Committee? It's,
1: I think it's the National... What does NERC stand for?
0: I think I had to write a thing with them for my dissertation, so...
1: Ooh, what does it mean, though?
0: What does it mean, though? I wish I could tell you, Abe.
1: I'm trying to get Google to tell me.
0: Oh, you did vocal warm-ups. Nice.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I tend to, just because my voice is often a little bit...
0: That's uh, fair. I'm, I'm, I have something on my sleeve for later. Ooh,
1: are you we'll going to sing? If it
0: comes off. I might sing.
1: National Ecology Research Centre. and Seeing as someone oh, looking ecology. into spiders, ecology would work. Um,
0: that doesn't make sense. I sense. work in biology, anyway, which would be
1: why that's the one closest to my the, brain.
0: The moment the doctor goes through this door and sees the Daleks is so good. It's... it's so good <sighs> and again it's preserved because we've got it we've yeah. got that clip
1: and it's really good mm.
0: um i i love it when
1: dalek, dalek stories don't try to hide that it's a dalek story and it gets there in episode one um yeah i, I mean, like this as a setup
0: this is only our second dalek story of the podcast isn't it hmm
1: there are definitely some where it's
0: that there are some where it kind of fizzles a bit and they kind yeah. of grasp grapple with the like yeah we need to reveal the Daleks, but we want to make it a surprise. But but, but Dalek but, is in the title. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, no, it's pretty cool. Like, oh, what am I going for? Because the the previous Dalek one we watched was Destiny of the Daleks, which was not mm-hmm. good. Let's be honest; it was kind of bad, um, <laughs> actually. Yeah, like it was fun in places. Very mostly places where places. Romana Two was. Yes, that is that is true. That's true of like life. I think most of the fun places are places <laughs> where Romana Two is. Um, but right. this one, it's like it really is like menacing seeing the Daleks, which mm. is such a different feeling from what I often get in the new series. Like I still think the Daleks can be scary, but they're not framed in the same way as they used to be. I think.
1: I mean, you say this. This episode has, like, especially the setup has so many parallels with Rob Sherman's like absolutely incredible oh no, exactly. episode Dalek, which exactly. I'm so glad that's how they decided to reintroduce them. You've got them in like locked away. Kind of dusty, kind of trapped where they are. I, ugh, ugh, I,
0: mm, oh no, I'm love not saying Dalek. that they don't do Sorry. it in the new series, and Dalek is a really good example. But I think it's that's just it's like, a very
1: rare example. Most of the new series is like, yeah. do you like our shiny uni and Jack Daleks?
0: Yeah, no. This is literally what I was going to say it's like the the if you haven't seen Power of the Daleks, the new series has a deliberate homage to it in Victory of the Daleks, which is the Mark Gatiss series five story with Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> um, which has yeah. some good elements which are directly nicked from Power of the Daleks yeah. like the the Daleks pretending to be anything but uh, evil. they actually are yeah. yeah evil exactly and the whole the doctor shouting at them to reveal themselves but mm. in this one they just continue to pretend to be like innocent for like five episodes while in the background they're doing their evil schemes and it's, it's so really good. good it's um, so
1: menacing especially because You've got that dramatic irony of the viewer being like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The second you see it and you go, oh, no. Oh, no. And the bit where he's like, like, he says there's two Daleks here, but there's, there's like, and then they look at the floor and there's this like gap in the dust and they're like, oh, my God, the third one, where's the third one gone? It's really Um, good. It's really, really good. Episode two. Yes, let's, let's go. go. Ben is dispatched to fetch a torch to track down the mysterious creature. It's, it's, it's a Dalek mutant. As he does, he is mm-hmm. observed by Resno, one of Lesterson's research assistants. The doctor suspects Lesterson has already been inside and taken the missing Dalek to, you know, experiment on, I guess. And um, he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Polly thinks the creatures must be dead, but the Doctor tells her that power is all they need to be revived and one Dalek could wipe out the colony.
1: Um, the, the terror in his voice when he says that as well. It's
0: so good. It's ben weird. is like, you're making mountains out of this one, mate. There's only one. He's like, one Dalek is enough to wipe out the entire colony. And you're like, oh my God. Um, like, this is early on. This is like low, low levels of relatively of Dalek trauma for the Doctor to have, but he's already <laughs> like... This bad, this very, very bad. Um, yeah. which I think is part of the appeal of the Daleks is that they can throw the doctor off this much just by like appearing. Mm. yeah, um.
1: it's like their presence, even when they're off screen, is really powerful. That's yeah, the yeah, true yeah. power of the Daleks. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Well, we're going to discuss the various powers of the Daleks later, <laughs> not including walking up walls, because they apparently haven't got that spider power yet. Yeah, um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Quinn cannot find the Examiner in his quarters, but Bragan finds Quinn and questions him. Quinn is dismissive and distrusting. The two squabble. Quinn knocks Bragan over during his attempt to block Quinn's departure. Bragan orders a search for the Examiner. Bragan or Bragan or whatever is like the stock kind of angry... Man. Power hungry man, yeah. Um I think he's played well. Like the actor is mm. very good. It's just not a character that has a lot of depth. And beyond, not a character like... that I'm ever enamoured with. No, exactly. And you're not supposed That's the to, be, to be. point, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, and then Quinn is like just a guy. And then we also have Jan Lee coming up. Jan Lee, as we mentioned, is the second uh, the second woman, and I am a fan. She's you know Gaslight <laughs> like Gatekeep Girl Boss in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> Yes, she is. She really is. She's is powerful. Um, yes. Lesterson discovers the Doctor and friends in his laboratory and angrily orders them out. The Doctor points out to Ben and Polly that not once did Lesterson stop and marvel at the Daleks on his entrance, and mm. says that this proves that he has seen them before. The Doctor confronts him about the missing Dalek as Bragan arrives. Lesterson vociferously denies having the third Dalek. The Doctor urges the Daleks be destroyed and leaves with Bragan to get permission from the Governor. Lesterson orders Resno to find Janley and retrieves the missing Dalek from a secret compartment, excited at the prospect of bringing the machine back to life before the Doctor can stop the experiment. Lesterson Is like such a Daedalus or like an Icarus, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. He really wants to make this incredible discovery of these robots from hundreds of years ago or whatever that were at the bottom of a Mercury scene. And the the way he's convinced they are
1: robots as well because they are metal, of course they're robots.
0: He hasn't cracked them open to check. He's just like, oh wow, they must have a prositronic. A positronic brain of some kind to understand simple mm. commands and then over the course of the story they keep getting smarter and smarter and at no point does he question this Yeah, which is <laughs> his no hubris point. yeah he's like wow they learn so quickly it must be something that I'm doing as their <laughs> assistant um, I
1: am white man in a literal colony
0: I must be the only good one yeah mm. Bragan tells the doctor about the underground rebel move he advises the doctor to investigate discreetly as Hensel is distracted by the minor acts of sabotage carried out by the underground movement after Bragan leaves to set up Meeting with the governor, Ben continues to be skeptical. Ben continues to be skeptical about this being the doctor. The doctor suddenly silences them and cuts open a piece of fruit to discover a listening device, which he crushes underfoot or underhand, dependent. <laughs> Aha! Fruits, like... so
1: good. It's adorable. He's just so happy to see the bowl of fruit.
0: He gets the fruit. Polly's munching on a banana. Like Ben is there. I, I like. I can't remember exactly what, but spiritually, he has his arms crossed and he's grumbling. And you're like, oh my god, I love this. Ben's
1: role in this story is
0: to grumble. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so relatable, so valid. Um, I just like this fruit thing where they've hidden a listening device in like a peach or something. You're (laughs) like, just put it in the basket, surely. Like it's hidden either way.
1: But this is more fun.
0: Yeah but it's- it's fun. The Doctor and his companions try to figure out the mystery of who called for the Examiner and who might have killed him. They rule out Lesterson, who wouldn't want his experiment tampered with, and the Governor, who wouldn't want someone interfering with his project. Ben implores the Doctor that they return to the TARDIS and leave, but the Doctor says that he has seen the destruction the Daleks cause and it is his duty to stop them. Ah! to <laughs> Oh my god. This is like the first moment that the silly ass persona drops a little bit and you're like, ooh, here's the Um, doctor again. I think we also need to mention his hat. Yes, his his horrible stovepipe hat.
1: His absolutely perfect wizard hat.
0: Yeah, it is a wizard hat. It's like... They were going for Cosmic Hobo or whatever, with his outfit. Because his clothes also regenerated when he regenerated, which is not something that has really persisted. I wish it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has so many fun implications. But uh, no, I just... It's just a good hat in a way where it's a bad hat, but it suits him, weirdly. Like, he looks yeah. like the Pied Piper of Hamelin or something. And it, it fits his little chaos gremlin <sighs> persona. It really, really does. I he's just wonderful he's just wonderful and he wears it on and off throughout the serial like they're constantly showing him putting it on taking it off yep. etc uh, I think he wears it for like the first three serials and then and he drops then it stops yeah. but you know either way it's it's fun uh, let's see <laughs> Dragan returns to announce that the doctor cannot see him until the next morning. The doctor refuses to wait any longer and tells Ben and Polly he is going to radio Earth directly to stop the project. I don't know what he's going to tell them. but Earth, it's it. me, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, twenty twenty, probably someone would go, "Oh, Doctor, it's you," and he would be like, "Yes, it's me. It's me. How are you doing, my my um, my dear friend? <laughs> my dear friend." Uh, uh and they go. Oh, Doctor. It's Kate. It's Kate, it's Kate Lethbridge it. Stewart. No, no, it would be Kate Lethbridge Stewart, but she's just like, well, I can't disrupt the time stream, but it's cool to hear this other random old guy. Um, <laughs> uh, God, I love Kate Stewart. Anyway, not talking about New Who Wives <laughs> yet. Do you remember yes. I read a great fanfic once where Osgood and Kate Stewart got married, but it was like Oh my god, I need it. Oh my god. She like, it was this thing where she didn't know. Because she was married to both Human Osgood and Zygon Osgood. And it was never clear which one she was with for six months of the year. As far as I remember. And it was this weird kind of twisty thing. And it was so good, Abe. It was so good.
1: You know the thing where something never crosses your mind. And then it does. And you're like, (sighs) I never needed anything more than this right now.
0: Hang on, I'm going to find it. (sighs) Thank you. And then I'll cut the audio from the episode. But... (laughs) I would love to filter works containing this tag. Thank (laughs) (laughs) you. to playlist.
1: (laughs) So I've got um, a Garishir Spotify playlist playing in the background as we record. Oh, yeah, here we
0: go. So (coughs) one of the Osgoods dies, and the other one they get married, but they don't know which is which.
1: Okay.
0: But yes, here you go.
1: Thank you. You're the best. Let me just pop. Anyway,
0: (laughs) (laughs) whoever this (laughs) mysterious person might be in. Download
1: is an EPUB. (laughs) Ambiguously species of. Uh, oh,
0: was good, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's good. Anyway, <laughs> um, whoever this this contact on Earth may be, we'll just assume it's someone who the Doctor will know in the future, and I'm sure that's what he'll assume too. Um, meanwhile, Lester Sanjani and Resno continue experiments on the Dalek. The scientists manage to reactivate the Dalek's gun stalk and sucker arm as well as its eye stalk. Resno is uneasy and suspects that the Dalek is looking at them, but the others are excited and focus on their work. We get some great eyepiece shots here. I love the eyepiece shots. I
1: think it's have we mentioned that it has no gun
0: um well they remove the gun i think they yeah. activate it while it still has it at this point because
1: uh, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah.
0: know what it is yet but for they a really long
1: th- time it's just a still very menacing dalek without its gun attachment
0: yeah like they have to remove it after what happens mm. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> yes okay you're right you're right
0: but, you know, they're, like, doing this experiment where they're, like, feeding it small amounts of energy and, like, the, the eye stalk goes up and you're just like, oh, God, this horrible menacing, like, the eye opens. You're like, no, so good. no. Oh, my God. The tension of it all is they don't know what they've got in front of them. This, oh, it's really good. <laughs> Christopher Barry, David Whitaker, <laughs> Thank you. You man. you've done it. You've done it. Um, is yes, this the, doctor... the
1: perfect Dalek story?
0: It could be. It could be. Um, the doctor goes to the communications room, but finds it smashed. The operator has been attacked, and the wires snipped. <coughs> they are massive wires in the animation. It's just these like <laughs> yeah. four huge cables. Like cables and Quinn yeah. comes out. King, Quinn comes out of the shadows with this like pair of pliers, and I just kind of <laughs> went. There's no way that those would clip those wires. Like that, those pliers are not big enough for that. No. <laughs> you would need like secateurs, more. proper secateurs. Yep. Um, yeah, Quinn steps from the shadows and tries to speak to the Doctor, but Bragan arrives and arrests him on suspicion of murder.
1: During How the experiment, could
0: that happen? Yeah, during the experiment, Rezno is shot by the Dalek. Janli announces that he's been knocked out. As Lesterton goes to get help, Janly wraps up the body and reinvigorates the Dalek herself. Ooh. Girlboss.
1: <clears> <throat> Girlboss turning a Dalek on. Yeah. Please she don't is, take that. She's effectively
0: utilising girl power. <laughs> <laughs> This is
1: what the Spice Girls were singing about.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, The next day, back in the examiner's quarters, Polly doesn't believe that Quinn could be guilty, despite Ben's insistence he must be. The three are escorted by Bragan to attend Quinn's inquiry. Oh yeah, Polly and Ben have new outfits. um, Very cute. The the Hensel, the governor, was like, you all need to go and put on proper clothes. And Two was like, excuse me, I am wearing proper clothes. But Ben and Polly (laughs) did not get to use that excuse. (laughs) <clears throat> Lesterson has removed the gunstick and Janley has instigated a hush-up job on the injury to Resno so that they can continue the experiment. Lesterson is pleased with this and runs to show the governor instantly. So they've taken like the full gun assembly out and it's like there's the whisk and then there's like a good six inches to a foot of like other stuff at the other end which is quite cool <laughs> I think. Yeah definitely. <laughs>
1: um, and then the dark itself just had like this hole in its casing it's really...
0: Yeah it's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, also, I I love that they try to call it stuff in this summary, like gun stick, gun stalk. It's a whisk. We can just call it a whisk. <laughs> Everyone calls it a whisk. And when it when it attacks you with its laser, the laser whisks your insides so that you die. That's what it does. It's whisking you. Soft peaks. <laughs> sort of like the
1: warp effect in
0: Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, it's making a human meringue is what it's doing. Um, oh, God. Glad you oh. enjoyed it! Um, oh, Hansel <laughs> cross-examines Quinn, with Quinn pointing out that there is no hard proof against him. Lesterson excitedly interrupts the inquiry to present the reactivated Dalek to all assembled. The Dalek seems to recognize the Doctor, which Ben notes, um, which I think is the beginning of Ben's journey to accepting that who yep. is the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, Lusterson shows some of the capabilities of the machine, including its ability to do what it is asked of it. To do what it is told, I would say, is the, mm. the wording of that one. It surprises everyone when it speaks. As the Doctor fruitlessly pleads for the Dalek to be destroyed, the Dalek intones, I am your servant. It's so creepy it's so good oh my god i actually I... have the uh the shooting script because it was on the dvd Woo. files so i'm i'm having a look at what it says in the script as to what the doctor is saying because he's just kind of yelling you know mm. god oh no hang on wrong episode i forgot we were on episode two i do <laughs> have the shooting script for episode two though i love just as a tip to everyone uh, out there the Doctor Who DVDs, usually, if you open it on your computer and then look in the DVD file, there is, like, a PDF of PDF something. Of something. Um,
1: which good. is great for those of us whose laptops don't have DVD drives anymore because technology steams yeah. ahead.
0: I have an external, an external DVD think drive thing I Joel's now. got an external
1: one that I borrow every now and then, but I keep forgetting it exists.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, the Doctor is, like, he's clearly terrified, and Ben is like, you're scared! And it's like, yeah! Yeah!
1: Uh, I think one of my favourite tropes is the Doctor being scared.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. Mm. And again, that's a comparison to Dalek, because that's a great yeah. thing to go, this is the Doctor and this is a Dalek. Like, the fact that they Especially know each other. B- yeah, and you've
1: seen a lot of the Doctor being both like full of bravado. Um, this is nine I'm talking about now. You've yeah. seen him being full of bravado, and you've also seen him... Um, he says he's scared in The Unquiet Dead, But this is such a different visceral fear when he sees the Dalek and it's yeah, so, it's almost like it's bone deep.
0: There's one that's like a fear born of like, you know, like the rational, like this is, and then there's like the fear born of extreme trauma, which is what the Doctor has with the Daleks. And it only gets worse. And it only gets worse. Uh, Is this the episode where Ben and Polly do and listen? Oh, not, uh, Polly and the Doctor. Because Let's Listen is a great tongue twister. I can't remember. I'm gonna check Chakatea. It was all sort of like merged together in a... Uh, chakatea, Chakatea. Uh. It is, it is. Nice, nice, So the Doctor and Ben and Polly are kind of discussing the daleks themselves ben says of course the real doctor was always going on about the daleks real <laughs> doctor is it's good um but i love ben i feel like ben is like one of the very few working class companions are hmm. uh, like at all because like we had ben and then we had ace
1: yeah i'm trying to think of one before ace
0: like, Ace doesn't have as much of a, like, in quotes, working-class accent, but she's clearly intended she's to be a working-class very working-class.
1: it has got a very working-class story.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And then we have, like, in the new series, you've got, you know, Rose, Rose. Um, Bill, probably. Donna. Yeah, Donna. Like, there's, you know, there's more of it. Whereas in the classic series... I guess series, Amy was
1: probably intended okay. to be working-class, but... Again, I don't think Amy was intended story. to be
0: working-class. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think she was intended to be working-class.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's, it's hard, it's really hard, like fit Amy into anything other than a fantasy. Amy. Is,
0: I like Amy. I her love life, her. Her life I'm is I'm just a annoyed with how
1: she was done. Yeah.
0: But yes. Uh, I have very complicated
1: feel- feelings about Amy Pond. This is not the platform for them.
0: Yeah, we have uh... a... <laughs> we've thoughts about working class companions or not two which is that there should be more of them. Yeah. And I'm hoping that as we see more of Ben because it's not portrayed in a particularly like ca- like cartoonish way it's just that this is a character who is from the east end of London and mm. was in the navy and etc. So he speaks in this particular way. I don't think But
1: he's also overdone. so outspoken. He's not um again with like how class works in the UK. He is less immediately following like social expectations of middle class characters
0: yeah does that make he sense a, he, he the, the actor himself was cornish um, oh, nice. and he came up doing like rap theater and stuff nice so less of a less of a Absolutely. traditionally british upper class acting background which yeah. is always nice um, i also just discovered that an annika wills had a daughter called polly and he had a son called ben and i'm like oh that's, oh, so that's adorable that's really cute That's really sweet they seem to really get along we'll get to that in behind the scenes but you know we like it Yeah. but yeah so episode 2 again it's a great cliffhanger it sets up so much like and it's so like it just breezes past you're like oh another episode gone I'm having an amazing time let's click play on the next episode it's only 11pm this is fine
1: (laughs) it slaps
0: it fucks (laughs) (laughs)
1: alright episode 3 let's keep going because we are very well into the episode yep. um <laughs> we knew this would happen <laughs> um the governor is persuaded that the daleks could be of great help to the colony as God. well as to earth and gives permission for lesterson to continue his experiments the doctor tests the daleks um
0: civ- thank
1: you the Daleks' civility by ordering it to immobilize itself which it does begr- begrudgingly
0: this is a great scene this is like Mex- like Mexican standoff, like staring each other down. And that's- you're staring at Dalek Detention. down. The Dalek can't blink. It doesn't have to blink.
1: Imagine so if Daleks good. did, though. Imagine if they blinked like cats.
0: Oh my god. I mean, um, I'm, just, I'm just having problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it immediately activates after the Doctor has left and announces that it obeys Lesterson. Hensel marvels at the Dalek's ability to reason. Quinn admits it was he who sent for the examiner, saying he did it to deal with the rebel uprising. Hensel orders Quinn imprisoned and promotes Bragan to deputy governor.
0: Yeah, he doesn't like. They kind of like, oh, well, maybe you're just saying that to cover up for the fact that you're part of the rebel uprising. They never really yeah. explain why there's a why? rebel uprising, but there isn't. Um, in the novelization, uprising. there's kind of an implied like. There's kind of an implied like. Hensel is overstepping his bounds and everyone thinks he's, you know, he's quite unpopular among some people, but other people like him, and you're like, oh, so it's more like a, it's not really a class struggle thing, like, you know, the proletariat overthrow the bourgeoisie, but Mm. it's also not, like, a unionisation thing, as far as I can tell. Like, they say union or whatever, but it's not really a union that is doing it. It's kind of hard to define what exactly they're attempting to go for with it. Yeah,
1: I wonder if there's, like, more about how the colony is run or the hierarchy there that they just has not didn't make this, it to the final story
0: yeah as first for as far as i've got into the novelization which is about 60 pages out of 250 because as mentioned it is bumper um they do have like the medical officer explains a little bit where it's like there's nine thousand people living on the colony the main <laughs> city which is where the story takes place has a population of about a thousand um, yeah. But the yeah, issue is, without sense. that context, the existence of a rebel uprising in a city that appears to have about 15 people in it is a little bit weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're not wrong. Okay. In his quarters, the Doctor has cobbled together a small device using a control unit he stole from Lesterson's lab and a metal bracket from the bed, <sighs> because he is a tinkerer.
0: He is a great tinkerer. Love he does it. so much tinkering.
1: <laughs> the three travellers go to the laboratory. On the way, they encounter Quinn being led away, Polly is upset, but the Doctor placates her by saying that if he is innocent, it will be found out. That he tells Ben and Polly to amuse themselves as he gatecrashes Lesterson's lab. What a great summary of it. (laughs) Um, Lesterson marvels as the Dalek is able to answer complex scientific questions. When the Doctor enters, Lesterson is suspicious, but the Doctor simply asks to observe the experiments
0: this is like wild once again he like yeah. apparently has completely forgotten how artificial intelligence works <laughs> as to it needs quite a lot of circuitry and dealings yeah. in order to work rather than just being a little pepper pot in a lab yeah
1: and is it really artificial intelligence or is it just bias confirmation who knows is
0: it just a brain like there's no turing <laughs> oh. test here <laughs>
1: Janly receives a phone call and excuses herself, ensuring she picks up a small bundle as she leaves as the experiments continue. The doctor secretly attaches his device to the power generator, causing the Dalek to painfully lose control. Lesterson destroys the device and pushes the doctor out. The Dalek watches him go as its detached gun mechanism clicks uselessly in an, in an effort to kill the doctor, it's which so is good. beautiful. <sighs> 100. I just
0: love, the Doctor is constantly on this guerrilla warfare against the Daleks throughout the whole yes. serial. He's like, I need to stop this from happening, and he can't do it because no one believes him! <laughs> god, oh so my god. Janely <coughs> and
1: Bragan meet in secret. She is a rebel leader, and Bragan is using the rebels to gain power himself. Janely oh. <sighs> believes that the Doctor's gunstick <laughs> gunstick? Oh, Daleks' gunstick. R- 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 <laughs> believes that the Daleks' gunstick <laughs> The contents of the parcel she took from the lab could be the clinching factor in their plans to take control of the colony. Ooh. She explains she has an associate called Valmar who is going to help her utilize the gunstick as a weapon. She reveals she lied when she told Lesterson Renzo was ill, and that he's actually dead. She dumped <gasps> Renzo's body in a mercury pool. She is brutal, and really I love is. it. This
0: is like this is the gaslight bit of <laughs> Gaslight your girlboss. We already had girlboss earlier yeah i think we've had we have some gatekeep, gatekeep as well
1: when she's trying to move people away from the experiments
0: yeah yeah we just gotta keep mm. we gotta keep an eye on it it's <laughs> <laughs> she's it's like she's not necessarily presented as evil in the story she's just very focused on what she wants um mm. and she will do anything to get it in this case i guess murder
1: well cover get, up lead- murder.
0: get leadership of the colony through the use of these daleks um which she thinks are just machines and they're not they're not <laughs>
1: they're not right okay she says she did this to avoid distracting lesterson from his work but also says it may be useful to blackmail him later braggon is reluctant to go forward with his coup while the doctor is still in the colony
0: <laughs> ben and polly are he's searching- the examiner mm-hmm. yes he has a badge that says he's accorded <laughs> all access well, he must be badge
1: <laughs> ben and polly are searching for the doctor polly splits up with ben intending to go back to their quarters She encounters Jane Lee, who, seeing her chance to eliminate the threat the Doctor causes, directs Polly to the control room where Valmar waits for her. He grabs her and Jane Lee drugs her. Jane Lee gives Valmar the gunstick for him to experiment with.
0: And then Annika Wills goes on holiday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ben worries about the disappearance of Polly, which he will do until she is recovered. Yes. But the Doctor is distracted with the Daleks and doesn't believe she's in danger. Ben drags the Doctor off to report his worries.
0: I do think this is an interesting moment for the Doctor vis-a-vis priorities. Um, Mm. Like, Polly's missing. I don't know that he thinks she's not in danger because he knows where she is or because he knows that she's not with the Daleks and is therefore not in Dalek danger.
1: Especially because there are are three Daleks. It's easy enough to contain their location.
0: Yeah, there's only three Daleks and there's only going to be three Daleks the whole time, right? But he also
1: (laughs) knows that there is somebody who did a murder here, so... Mm. Meanwhile, the Dalek delights Lesterson with its breadth of knowledge as well as its curiosity. In exchange for increased power and equipment, it promises to manufacture beneficial equipment for the colony. Lesterson is most interested in the Dalek's promise that it can create a piece of machine that would predict meteor storms with a 100% accuracy. <laughs> Lesterson rushes off to inform Hensel of the good news. When the Dalek is alone it increases the flow of power from the generator and enters the capsule.
0: Like, I can't believe Lesterson still believes that the Dalek is just some kind of positronic network or whatever. Like, a neural net can't generate the idea for a machine that will predict meteor storms. But It's also designed just like for the- making weird alternate versions of Harry Potter and neural net poetry, <laughs> and that's it.
1: <laughs> but it's also, like, the hubris of man believing that he knows exactly what's happening and also maybe like it's set in the far future of 2020 maybe they assume that ai would be able to do this by now
0: yeah to be fair the war machines is set in like contemporary britain isn't it and that's got yeah stuff i don't know it's certainly less of being just a little bit um overly delighted with himself for unlocking this dalek's potential (laughs) yeah
1: the doctor and ben enter and investigate they discover a thick cable leading from the generator and into the capsule. The Dalek attempts to stop them and orders them to leave. Ben attempts to short circuit <coughs> the generator, but is stopped by two reinvigorated and armed Daleks that Woo! emerge from the capsule. <laughs> the Doctor and Ben run. <laughs> it's great. Um, the Dalek when I reveals, say
0: run, run like a rabbit. Run like a
1: rabbit. <laughs> The Dalek reveals that their plan is to harness the machinery to pulse static electricity throughout the colony and make Vulcan into a second Scarro.
0: In front of the governor... They need to irradiate it also. They need to irradiate it after they do that. Yes. One thing at a time, though, it's fine.
1: In front of the governor, the Doctor and Lesterson argue. The Doctor, again, demands the destruction of the Daleks. Hensel overrules this and says they are to remain functioning. When, alone, Ben informs Bragan of Polly's disappearance. Bragan tells the Doctor and Ben that the body of a middle-aged man has been found in the Mercury Swamp and suggests that the Doctor isn't the examiner and is working with the rebels. The Doctor admits that he isn't the examiner but insists the only way Bragan can prove that to everyone else is to admit that he is the murderer of the (laughs) original examiner. It's so good. It's such a good little bit of, like, tension and pitting people against each other.
0: The back and forth in this is so good and the Doctor actually, like... He he has so much knowledge, he's just been picking up by just watching people, the whole serial. And you're like, ooh. It's so good.
1: At a stalemate, Brogan says that he will not inform anyone the Doctor is an imposter if he leaves the Daleks alone. Once the Doctor and Ben are alone, a note is stuck under the door of the quarters which say the girl is safe. She will remain so as long as you leave the Daleks alone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Lesterson is pleased to see that the Daleks have voluntarily disarmed themselves. The Chief Dalek asks if they are to be afforded the materials and additional power they desired. On finding out they will, the oh three gosh. Daleks chant, We will get our power as a bemused Lesterson looks on.
0: There's a lot going on here. Chief Dalek is also it. an odd one. Like I can't like I don't think you're supposed to be able to differentiate the Daleks, like
1: Um no, I wonder if it's more like saying chief, as in it was the first one they activated, therefore it has been alive and has more knowledge of the situation, therefore yeah, it can probably. take on a leadership role. I just,
0: I just mean that was my that read of it. At least they all look exactly the same, so <laughs> and they're all True. voiced by the same guy, so but essentially it's cre- he does
1: slightly different tones. So really good. good, he's
0: so good. Apparently Nicholas Briggs used it as like his inspiration for his Dalek voice, which makes nice. sense because yeah, his that Dalek voice is old. Uh, Another great cliffhanger. Like, three great ones in a row. Yeah, yeah. This story slaps. It's so good. It's so good. That's going to be, like, half the the recording. (laughs)
1: Um, I also absolutely adore the little bit with the, um, whatchamacallit, the, I really adore the bit where the Doctor and Bragan are sort of, like, double-crossing each other and saying... I yeah. know this, but I won't do X if you don't do Y.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's very really good TV. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, cool. Episode four. Wow. Yes, we got we've got to we've got, we've got got get Let's through this. We've got to get through this. Lesterson reacts <laughs> by turning down the generator and uses it to try to keep control of the Daleks. He turns it back up when the Daleks assure him of their obedience. Yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> um, It's like, that's not how operant conditioning works, Lesterson.
1: Well, Lesterson doesn't seem to know how many things work, so it is in character.
0: Yeah. It's so like my favourite are-
1: way to play a D&D character is just being competent, so any yeah. mistakes are in character. Yeah.
0: yeah. He asks to see the blueprints of the meteor prediction machine. He is very pleased with their plan. Bragan is settling in with his new power, with Hensel out on the perimeter of the colony for a day or two. Bragan is dismissive and hostile to Valmar, whilst the latter fixes the communication system. The Doctor and Ben push their way in and show him the note-telling of Polly's kidnapping. The Doctor is unnerved as a Dalek brings drinks on a tray and it's like, <laughs> are you finished with your liquids? It's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Yeah, and again, this is something they directly reference in Victory of the Daleks, yeah. where the, 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 the iron side comes up and is like, would you like some tea? <laughs> no, I wouldn't like some tea, actually, because you've made it. And once again, we have no evidence of a Dalek with thumbs, even though, logistically, there <laughs> must be a Dalek with thumbs. Like... Thumbs, <laughs> look. Um, Later on, hmm. we kind of see a Dalek with a claw, but it's more like an electric cattle prod that looks a bit like...
1: Unless they're plunger... Unless unless their plunger is really tactile,
0: Maybe and they can they, sort of
1: squish things around with it.
0: They do use it to open some doors later. Well, yeah. you know, let let's think about it. Um, <laughs> Bragan is unhelpful. <laughs> Bragan is unhelpful. Thank you, Tardis Wiki. Uh, <laughs> when they leave, Bragan contacts Hensel, who he assu- that whom he assures that the colony is running smoothly. Hensel explains he'll be gone for a few more days. I I think at this point. We're just going to pronounce the names in different ways and one of us will be correct or we'll both be wrong. And that's the same as being right. Um, And
1: if you have listened to this many episodes of our podcast and not realised that we we are not picky about how we pronounce names, then... Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, when they leave, the Doctor speculates how long the Daleks will be able to move without static electricity. Because he he actually references Skara here and is like, "Well, yeah. in their original city, they had to travel on like magnetic floors, what have yeah. you, which was a great limitation." And then in Dalek Invasion of Earth, they put these satellite discs on their backs so they didn't have to. But that's set in twenty one sixty four, so they wouldn't have figured that out by this point in the timeline. Mm. <laughs> um, I do like that. I do like the the twisty turniness of the of the Dalek timeline. Um... The doctor sees a Dalek going to Bragan's office, but then sees three more further down the corridor. This concerns him, as originally there were only three. The doctor Mm. and Ben decide to go see Lesterson. On the way, they walk past a seemingly innocent notice board around which he notices a number of people have gathered. I love this notice board. It's like a focal point for the animation. (laughs) They keep going it. It's got like a little uh, bad wolf meme on it. Yeah. And it has uh, an advert for life drawing, which is... (laughs) (laughs) which is an interesting one um it's trying to kind of do this 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 um like adding life to the colony because in the book they reference Mm. it and they're like in the future all this information will be shared by computer but as they have not finished setting up the colony yet they couldn't they had to go back to this old-fashioned that's so cute it's good i mean
1: you say this in um my department where we can share everything online people have missed events because they're not on the physical notice board and no one's in the physical building
0: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, people like looking at things. Aww. <clears throat> In the lab, Lesterson is disturbed by the large quantities of supplies the Daleks are requesting. He begins to suspect that the examiner may have been right about the Daleks and wants to ask his advice. Janley blackmails Lesterson by revealing Resno's death to him to prevent him acting against the Daleks and the rebels. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> like he is at the end of his tether. He's yes. really oh done. Just yeah. absolutely done. The doctor and Ben arrive inquiring about Polly and tell Lesterson about the new Daleks. The doctor disabuses him of the idea that the Daleks are just machines. They are brilliant engineers and, given the right materials, could be infinitely powerful. So good. Yeah. So good. So yeah, good. this
1: is the bit where he's like, but no one's given them anything,
0: have they? Have they? Like, he's he, the everywhere at once. He's been telling them this whole serial that the Daleks yeah. are dangerous and no one believes him because the Daleks mm-hmm. are like, oh no, we wouldn't do Hi, that, sister. We are I am the so servants. nice! Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello? Hello, <laughs> Mr. Darwick! Like. <laughs> um, anyway, Lesterson is very shaken by this and collapses. Janley fetches a guard who forces them out. She accuses them of attacking Lesterson. With Lesterson unconscious, Janley takes control and further supplies the power and materials the Daleks require. She's. She's. No! No! <laughs> Janly. <laughs>
1: this is a bad idea, Janley. Yeah, Contin- continuing to girl boss, but in the worst yeah, possible way. <laughs> um,
0: the doctor figures out that the notice board is being used to announce rebel meetings in code. He decodes Ooh. that a meeting is to be held tonight from a- from a-, a sign that is about the the colony topping up its reserves of milk with dog milk. Like, <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> I paused it to read it because I was like, "What does this say?" Nerd. And- <laughs> <laughs> dog Thank
1: milk does that you. mean
0: that milk for dogs or but, the milk, milk of dogs. dogs the milk of dogs they're a mammal uh that's true you. it's Ooh weird boy. to top up milk supplies with dog milk it's not easy to get an abundance um I maybe guess, they have like space uh, dogs i don't know if they'd invented formula by this point in the 1960s probably right
1: <laughs> they must have. i think
0: it was around in the in oh the God. late 1800s even if it wasn't good formula <laughs>
1: Oh. When was baby eighteen sixty seven?
0: Told you, I had it. I had it. <laughs> I don't know if people were using it though. There's definitely there was definitely a bit of a bias against yeah, it against
1: it. But cons- stuck around for at least a century. I yeah. have very limited knowledge of breastfeeding, having ne- never breastfed.
0: yeah yeah. I also have limited knowledge on that front. Uh, I do you-
1: have like my first friends who've had their own baby, um, so I'm learning. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. <laughs> the most thing uh, main thing I've learned is. Yes, stop saying that people can't have the vaccine if they're breastfeeding. Yeah. Seems to be a bugbear.
0: Yeah. Uh, He decodes that a a meeting is to be held tonight. He and Ben conceal themselves in the meeting room prior to it beginning. Yes, hiding in the corner. They're just behind a box. It's extremely inefficient <laughs> it's and I love very it. very good. Janli and Valmar display the Dalek to the meeting. Janli is in control but is taking orders from a man that the Doctor and Ben cannot see. Valmar has connected a controlling device to the Dalek's gun. There is no indication that this actually works. It's just that the Dalek is choosing what <laughs> to do. To make do. it seem, yeah. Yeah. Uh God, the, meeting the manipulation is...
1: here.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good. The meeting is hostile towards Janli's plan to use the Daleks to seize power of the base. In order to prove the Daleks are fully under their control, Janli uses herself as a guinea pig. The Dalek is ordered to attack her and is unable to or is is unwilling to because it's choosing not to yeah Yeah. like they don't they don't acknowledge that the daleks have agency and that's their fatal flaw Mm. their hamasha
1: um assuming that they are the only ones with choice
0: yes uh when they mention they are holding polly ben accidentally reveals their presence and tries to flee but is knocked out and dragged away and michael craze goes on holiday (laughs) (laughs) The Doctor is called out of the darkness by the man in charge of the meeting, Bragan, who reveals himself to be the leader of the rebels. The Doctor threatens to tell the Governor of this duplicity, but Bragan counters this by reminding him about the fate of the real Examiner. He has the Doctor imprisoned with Quinn. Quinn is initially hostile, but the Doctor tells Quinn of Bragan's crimes and that he is not the real Examiner. Because he's like, "Uh, I found the real Examiner dead, and I was like, it feels like maybe there should have been an Examiner, so that's me now. (laughs) I take on <laughs> identities really easily because I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm just a little guy. <laughs> just a little guy. <laughs> just a
1: little guy with a little recorder.
0: Yeah, God, I love him. And he gets his recorder out and starts <laughs> attempting to break the sonic lock. You're like, hell yeah. I um, can't. I wonder if it's actually a sonic recorder. I mean, I think it's just. I mean, I think all recorders are sonic by definition. Okay, but as in like the same. No, by I know. The sonic I know. Yeah, yeah. that would be quite okay. fun. He definitely uses it in the Three Doctors as like a resonance thing. They're all re- mm. like the three uses it, and two is like, "That's my recorder. Why have you done this?" Um, so good. God. Lastison awakes and sees the Daleks conspiring together. He fearfully enters the capsule and discovers a room where numerous Daleks are operating machinery. He finds a production line where they are mass producing dozens of Daleks. It's so cool. It's so it's cool. It's
1: fucking terrifying as well. And like... also
0: we we have sieve Daleks now. Sieve Daleks. <laughs> yes. Sieve Daleks. Daleks with sieves. I'm obsessed. I can't believe. After all these years of praying, we get Daleks with sieves. Daleks that can go on the bake-off.
1: <laughs> so they can sieve the flour and then the whisk Dalek will whisk it. <laughs>
0: and then the spoon Dalek will spoon it. Into the
1: and then the thumb Dalek will knead it. <laughs>
0: It's a whole production line just to make one <laughs> loaf of bread. And then they can't even eat it because there's no mouse Dalek.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Unless there was. Oh, Unless. no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to yes to that one, I'm afraid. But yeah, this is an incredible sequence. And I have to imagine it looked great in the original as well. Yeah.
1: Like, there's some, That's some of the original footage that remains as well. It's yeah, really where they've good. got all the
0: toy Daleks on the conveyor and it looks so good. It's a little scale model. And like the Daleks are like moving these little... Like baby Carlid mutants in and out of these like pools of nutritional liquid, mm. and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, and then they electrocute it so that it's definitely alive, and they're like getting ready to put so it in the casing. Good. You're like, oh no, which is what Lesterson is doing behind the door. He's just like, oh, yeah. fuck. oh, no, oh fuck, oh no, oh fuck, oh no, I can't believe I've done this. <laughs>
1: I, I, how did <laughs> I? How did I, a perfect man, make such me, a mistake?
0: Me sowing, ahaha, ha. this is so great. I love this. Me reaping, oh no, <laughs> oh fuck.
1: I did not want this
0: he did so not want good. this it's oh, and, and it's, again it's just amazing we're,
1: we're four for four with really good cliffhangers yeah
0: and it's all basically in silence it's just like mm-hmm. this silent room of daleks cooperating completely without instruction to create more of themselves and you're like oh no so good it's good
1: oh all right episode five Lesterson, shocked by what he's witnessed, runs out of the capsule, puts a cabinet over the door and deactivates the power generator. (laughs) He tells Janly what he's seen inside and explains that he's going to melt the capsule. She runs off to get help for Lesterson. He tries to telephone the doctor, only to discover he is in prison.
0: Yay!
1: (laughs) A familiar place for the doctor. The Daleks emerge from the capsule to Lesterson's horror. Should
0: we explain what the capsule looks like for the listener? Because it's actually massive. Um, it's
1: kind of like a massive bullet
0: yeah there's like a great still I saw in the uh, the like making of documentary on the DVD that was just of the room with the Dalek capsule in it and it is massive mm. like it's probably bigger than the floor, being, floor
1: plan of my house
0: yeah in the book it's described as being something like 60 feet long yeah.
1: like it's, I big.
0: It. it's a big it's yeah. chunky um, it's like
1: think of the Blue Peter time capsules that they used to make and then yeah.
0: magnify it by about 10 times Hang on, how oh pop- popper of the Daleks? No, that's a different. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for gay Daleks. Okay, I can't find the image here, but oh no, okay, it's big, it's big. There's it's from the Radio Times exclusive behind the scenes look at the Power of the Daleks.
1: Adorable. If you just popped it in the chat, is that what that yep. little? Yeah. Cool.
0: Oh my God, it's a behind the scenes thing from 1966
1: that's so cool can you drop the link in the chat as well
0: yes i will i will thank you i did spend a while earlier today trying to find um a copy of or like an online archive of radio Times stuff and i did manage to find the bbc has an archive called genome which is like all the listings from radio times from like 1920 to 2009 or something like that like it's mental but it doesn't have like pictures or anything which is fair enough because of copyright but this is really cool yeah, is um, and it's searchable. That's very
1: good. I, I tend to just use the Wayback Machine because um, the BBC are just slowly taking their Classic Who archives offline. Yeah, Wayback Wayback Machine has our backs.
0: Yeah, the BBC's Classic Who in, like website used to be so exhaustive, <sighs> and then they're like, oh no, we don't need a website that functions. We yeah. don't need a website that's fun to go on. Why would we do that? Yeah. Why would we advertise our flagship sci-fi show? Yeah, <clears throat> boo. But yeah, it's it's a big These old are cool casual. pictures. Yeah. yeah, no, they really are. Like it's a it's a big old capsule, is what I'm saying. And it kind of it reminds me of the Dalek Crucible in Army of Ghosts. Rise of the... yes Doomsday. That's the that's the word. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know that's smaller than this. <laughs> Ooh, I've got a picture from you. I'm Eno. loving yes! this stills. No, it's really good. All the behind the scenes stuff. I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing this.
0: No problem. Why wouldn't I? I share all
1: of my Doctor Who's. Of course you do. And I have sadly very... Oh, I, I do actually have something I can add to the resources. I'll do that after.
0: Yes!
1: I can contribute to this family for once. Hell yeah. Where, where, where were we? He's in prison. Alright, so, back to the recap. The Daleks emerge from the capsule to Lesterson's horror. He runs off in panic. Polly is led into the lab by Jane Lee and Kebble, and is to be kept in prison imprisoned in the capsule. Ooh. The Daleks explains to Janly that they are building a static electricity converter to make them twice as powerful.
0: And at no point does Janly think hmm, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> yep.
1: I mean, Why, she, like, her, her morals seem quite ambiguous anyway. So. It's so
0: wild that these, these humans who believe that the Daleks are essentially weapons are like, yeah, mm. we'll let the weapons go off and make themselves bigger weapons. That makes sense. That's it great, then we'll have bigger
1: le- weapons, right? There are we, we-,
0: we love when weapons have minds of their own, and it's like, no, we don't, actually. We don't love that.
1: <laughs> At the prison, the Doctor is trying to mimic the sound of the sonic key by running his finger over a glass of water, but is failing. Lesterson breaks in to speak to the Doctor. He screams what he's discovered and is hauled <laughs> away by guards.
0: Poor Lesterson.
1: Yeah, had a bad day. Yeah. Lesterson is brought before Lesterson is brought before Braggen as a Dalek works laying cables in his office. How? Lesterson, <laughs> Lesterson asks what the Daleks are doing. The Daleks say they are following Lesterson's orders for emergency backup station. Lesterson denies ever having given this order. <laughs> Janley arrives and tries to paint him as a madman Gaslight! Gaslights! Gaslights! Him, Gaslight all the way here. Braggon orders him restrained. Um, I do want to capsule, be clear,
0: I'm not belittling the actual experience of gaslighting, it's just a meme that is currently going around.
1: By which I mean a meme that was going around six months ago as a time of Yeah, release. we're time
0: travellers actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we only travel into the past.
1: Lesterson is brought before Braggon as a Dalek works... Le- oh, I've read that bit. Oop. In the capsule, Valmar and Kebble are helping the Daleks with this network as they also keep guard on the bound and gagged Polly. Kebble is initially nasty to Polly, but Valmar sticks up for her. Polly tries to convince Valmar and Kebble of the Daleks' true natures, revealing them to them the deception about the Examiner. She is successful in getting them to be more vigilant,
0: Good, Yay. yes, love Polly it. Polly doesn't get a doing lot. Things. Yeah, she doesn't get a lot to do in this serial, partly because it's really not about the companions. It's more about no. the Doctor versus the Daleks. But she gets some good, some good dialogue in this episode. It helps she that does. Ben's not around for this episode, so she gets to you yeah, know gets it. Be cool.
1: Meanwhile, Hensel returns from the perimeter and detects an attitude from Brygan's gut. Just that again. Meanwhile hensel returns from the perimeter and detects an attitude from brogan's guard when asking about the dalek cables the doctor gives up on trying to escape and plays Yay. his recorder <laughs> love him the pitch of one of his notes opens quinn's door okay. quinn incapacitates the guard and frees the doctor placing the guard in the doctor's cell hensel returns to find brogan at his at, at, how many times have i pronounced that that name differently i think hensel you returns, could get
0: it one more one more time
1: hensel returns to find bragan <laughs> at his desk <laughs> When asked by the examiner is, Bragan explains the doctor's duplicity and puts him in the frame for murder. Bragan is super supercilious. Thank you. Bragan is supercilious and arrogant. When Hensel attempts to reclaim his power, Bragan refuses. Hensel calls for the guards, but they refuse to help. Bragan asks Hensel for cooperation. When this is refused, Bragan kills him with a blast from a Dalek. Oh my
0: god!
1: bodies start piling
0: up. It's so, it's such a good moment. This is the bit where the Dalek says, why do humans kill other humans? And you're like, oh my god. Yeah. We're getting to the the crux of the difference between Daleks and humans, which is that Mm. Daleks believe all Daleks are superior to everyone else, and humans don't even have that. Like Daleks at this point in the show, I should be clear. Obviously later yeah. on we get,
1: we get Dalek faction. Dalek in
0: fighting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dalek dramas. Yeah. The Doctor and Quinn have sneaked into the laboratory and overhear Jane Lee and Valmar discussing the return of Hensel. Before they leave the lab, accompanied by a Dalek. Polly overhears the Doctor and calls out for help. Kevan and Quinn fight and Kevan is knocked unconscious. A Dalek comes out of the capsule and the trio run. The Doctor jams the door to the laboratory with a spanner as he leaves. The Ingenuity, Yay. we love, love to it. see it. I love it, The Dalek army congregates in the capsule and forms a plan. They are to wait until the humans begin fighting amongst themselves and then reap destruction. Which is, like, a good plan. That's...
0: Yeah, yeah. makes sense.
1: It's just, like, wait for them to be their own downfall and take advantage of it.
0: Yeah.
1: The Doctor, Quinn, and Polly discover Hans Discover Hensel dead, but they are captured by Bragan <laughs> and his guards. Bragan has, instig- Bragan has instigated martial law and orders the trio to turn to prison. The Dalek army sees their chance and emerge oh to god. engage in full slail slaughter, chanting, Daleks, Daleks conquer, conquer and destroy! Daleks oh
0: conquer and god. destroy! It's
1: so good! It's so Oof. good,
0: and this is, again, one of the bits that survives, with the cardboard cutout yes. Daleks in the background, and you're like, oh my Which god, is this is cute. perfect. I love it's it. It's really good. It's, again, five great cliffhangers... I, like, I don't
1: i think this is definitely the most consistent six-part story we've talked about yet
0: it's incredible it's good shit odd sorry i just remembered to check my <laughs> my ebay bids
1: <laughs> oh are you still the only bidder
0: i'm still the only bidder good <sighs> on your present as well but we'll see how that goes Ooh, i'm intrigued one day 20 hours left <laughs> But yeah, it's, oh man, it's just another great episode where it just builds and builds and builds and you're like, oh my god, I'm so tense, I can't believe this! And like, each character that dies, it kind of gets to you because you're like, these people don't know that using the Daleks is just going to get themselves killed. Yeah,
1: and it's also because there's such i mean what whilst there are definitely downsides to having such a small number of side side characters from the colony it does give you more space to actually get to know them and what they're about before they get killed by daleks
0: yeah yeah even if it's just a limited amount with like valmar being more receptive to polly's like hey dalek's bad mm.
1: <laughs> yeah it's a good shit.
0: It's so good. Right, episode six. We're going to do, this. Let's, gonna do, it, do it. this. let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. As the guards usher the doctor, Quinn, and Polly to prison, they are stopped by armed Daleks, uh, by which they mean whisked Daleks. <laughs> they got their whisk. <laughs> the Daleks refuse to let the humans past Quinn leads the humans away, with the Daleks merely watching them go. Um, obviously, the Doctor is not human. We're just going to skip past <laughs> that part of the confusing <laughs> history of Doctor Who's biology. Janly finds Bragan and rejoices that the revolution is over, but Bragan is unsatisfied. He wants to wipe out the rebels as well. Oh my god. It's so <sighs> tense. Uh, Janley reluctantly agrees and turns to see Bragan putting down his gun ready to kill her if she did not agree I feel like she's not really agreeing she's kind of like if I don't say anything this guy's gonna kill me
1: (laughs) yeah it's very much how do I survive this situation rather than
0: anything
1: more thought through than that
0: yeah Um, unbeknownst to both of them they are overheard by Valmont the doctor and friends take an opportunity to attack the guards and escape I think this is where the doctor just full on punches one of the guards and you're like this is unusual for two I think
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you could also argue that he's still in like oh, no, generation definitely. brain.
0: So. It's just fun having these little weird things like yeah. seven spoonerisms. Um, that I wish we had more
1: of those. The malaproses,
0: yeah. yes, malapropisms, whatever. Yeah. There's too many words for the same thing. Is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Uh. Meanwhile, Valmar has taken Ben and is hiding in the guest quarters. Valmar explains Bragan and Janli's plan and leaves to find the Doctor and Polly. Bragan announces to the colony that Hensel has been murdered by the rebels and that he has taken control. Oh my god! How could this happen? <laughs> Who could have guessed? Who could have guessed? <laughs> Quinn, so the Doctor, good. and Polly find Ben on their own and Ben tells them of Bragan's Power mad plans. The Dalek order is given. Commence extermination. The Doctor is almost captured by Kebble and two guards, but they are attacked by Daleks. He and Kebble escape with the Doctor saving Kebble's life. In the lab, Valmar has attached control wires to three Daleks. Janly enters and convinces Valmar that she has not betrayed them. The Daleks offer to fight for them. Why? Why do they believe them? Why do they believe them? <laughs> Why do they believe them? I, oh my god.
1: I wonder if it's like cost fallacy. Like, they've already yeah. lost so much by believing them. Yeah, to admit they were wrong now would actually be a worse defeat.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not saying that, like, I think it's good for the story that they just refuse to accept reality. I think it's a realistic reaction in this kind of situation. Yeah, Which is also definitely. like, no! No!
1: Have you learned nothing from the last five episodes? Yeah.
0: Bragan is attempting to maintain control and orders his guards to fight, despite the fact that the Daleks are attacking them too. The leader of his guards reports that they are being beaten. Janli and Valmar soon lose control of the Daleks, who are firing indiscriminately at all humans. Who would have seen this coming? (laughs) I I just want to shout out the early Dalek effect of them shooting someone, the screen inverts, and then the person falls over. (laughs) I love it. I think it's such yes, an interesting way to convey what happens with the, the laser beam, whatever, without yeah. having to do an overlay, which are often a little yeah. bit... Dodgy. Yeah, let's say dodgy. Um, thinking about Tomb of the Cybermen with the like, wiggly brain rays going from the cyber controller to Toberman, all those kinds of things. I
1: don't know what you mean. That is perfect TV.
0: No, it's perfect TV, but I don't think it would have worked in this scenario for the Daleks. how <laughs> no, no, had, had to percent, do it yeah, every time. Right. And there's like 20 Dalek exterminations in this episode. Oh, if not more. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, they are on the brink of being exterminated when a guard shoots at the Dalek who is distracted, allowing them to escape. The doctor and friends make it to the lab and are hidden by a deranged Lesterson as more Daleks emerge from the casual. He's had a full-on nervous breakdown at this point. like
1: Understandably, like, I cannot blame him for that reaction. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Lesterson insists that the Daleks are now supreme leaders and that the humans stand no chance. Lesterson also mentions a secret cable that Valmar rigged up inside the capsule that powered the rebels' base. The Doctor suggests this could be the downfall of the Daleks and goes to seek out Valmar. Ooh, what could it Mm -hmm. be? What could it be? Quinn saves Valmar as Janly is murdered by a Dalek. The Doctor finds Valmar and he tells the Doctor where the cable is. The Doctor says he needs more time and sends Quinn to Bragan to manufacture a distraction. R.I.P. Janly. Yeah, I mean, she She lived. She served. Very much had it coming. (laughs) Um. I think I'm gonna have to cut what I just said. But your one is fine. I, mean, I did not hear it. I did not hear you. I at all. said um she lived, she served cunt, and then she died. <laughs> <laughs> not so much maybe. Oh boy. I fully can't remember where I got to. What did I get oh, to? Oh, you
1: got to this I Okay. Think you, you were some around here. Yeah.
0: Um, the Doctor says he needs more time and sends Quinn to Bragan to manufacture a distraction. Bragan has lost contact with all his guards and issues a speech asking for the Daleks to lay down their arms. Quinn entered. <laughs> Sorry. You okay? <laughs> they just eject them. <laughs> they just fire them across the room. Sorry. <laughs> like letting a Thunderbird out of Thunderbird 2's tummy. Um. <laughs> (laughs) lost. Yeah. uh, Quinn enters Bragan's office and orders that Bragan should make his guards return to the capital. They will be a diversion for the Daleks. Bragan agrees. Back in the lab, the Doctor finds the junction box with the cable he needs to sabotage the Daleks' static power. Polly, who was on lookout, warns of two Daleks. They enter and state how they have almost enough static electricity to move freely. Lesterson gives his life to distract the Daleks while the Doctor overloads the power, destroying the Daleks and wreaking havoc throughout the colony, knocking himself unconscious in the process. Great explosion sequence. So yes, good. This is another surviving great. bit from the original. Like, oh, amazing. Parts of this. Like when they blow up some toy Daleks. It's all toy Daleks getting blown up and like collapsing into <laughs> themselves.
1: Incredible. I'm um, so glad that that's how they
0: do it. Yeah. Seeing the destruction of the Daleks, Bragan and Quinn realise that the Doctor must have saved them. Bragan knocks the gun from Quinn's hands and is on the verge of shooting him when he is killed by Valmar. I mean, powerful moment from Valmar there. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, now in charge, is appalled at the aftermath. Not only are casualties enormous, but the doctor's fiddling has destroyed the colony's power supply and will take months to repair. Uh, tough shit. (laughs) Yep. You should have listened. You should have listened. You had it coming all along. Yeah, yeah. The doctor suggests to Ben and Polly that they'd better leave before they send us the bill and they sneak right back to the TARDIS. It's so good. A wrecked Dalek is standing by the TARDIS when the doctor and his companions arrive. Oh, it's as- so, good. It's, it's so good. good. it's so good. It's so good. As the TARDIS dematerializes, the Dalek's eye stalk slowly rises upwards, almost as if it is watching the ship depart. God, dun, it's such dun, a perfect dun. ending. It's so good. They managed six cliffhangers. A six episode story. Uh, to
1: remain in this universe, the creature would have to reverse its polarity. It just it just goes so hard and it, it's it carries so, you along. It's and so I think good. that but you know that it's going to lead to tragedy, but you can't stop watching this car crash as it happens. It's yeah. so good.
0: Yeah. God, I just I just wanna see it so bad. I wanna see the film of it so bad. Ugh. It's fine. Give me Trouton. Give it's me Trouton and his hands. It's fine. It's you know, it's it's fine is what it is. Uh, but yeah as mentioned previously we just had so much fun with this story like we were messaging each other about how we were staying up to watch <laughs> it I was messaging my friend Alex about it <laughs> I sent her a picture God, of so the good. civs like I'm obsessed I'm obsessed yep yep
1: I was exactly in the same boat just being like this this slaps
0: it's the this perfect is six parter amazing it's the perfect yeah. six parter like, this it's- is the
1: only way to do it well I think
0: it really is it really is it's just <sighs> it
1: balances it so good
0: so <laughs> good an apple a day keeps the... Uh... no never mind. <laughs> It has a line where Ben is going like, well, if you, you know, if you're really oh, this the is doctor, the ring you bit. Can wear this ring. And the doctor says, I'd like to see a butterfly fit into its chrysalis case after it's spread its wings. You're like, oh man, it's good. Um, yeah. Everything he does and says in this story is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's everything.
1: a perfect introduction for two as well. Yes. And when you consider uh, how much of like the future of the show must have been hanging on the success of how regeneration went.
0: yeah. He just kicks it out of the park and then some. It's so good. Like Patrick Patrick Troughton is just like probably one of the best actors to play the Doctor. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, or to be in the show at all.
0: Or to be in the show at all. Yeah, he's really. just he so good.
1: Knows his stuff.
0: Everyone always refers to him as a clown, and I think that that. Oh, sorry, as a clown. But, like i really don't mm. think that that
1: it doesn't do him justice
0: like he's good at the comedy but it's not that he's a not he's not an unserious character Like i think it's
1: similar to how like if you get the role of like the fool in a shakespeare play yeah their true genius is how complex it is and you need to, there's also a quote from one of the actors in anchorman which says you need to be very very clever to play a <laughs> funny idiot
0: yeah yeah and that's and Through and Through. Yes, and that's also why too has a Lord Peter Whimsey vibe. Yes, I will elaborate on this.
1: I'm so glad. Please elaborate. Um, do it, do so it, do Lord,
0: it. Lord Peter Wimsey, for any listeners who missed the previous time I talked about this, is a series <laughs> of detective novels from the 20s and 30s by Dorothy L. Sayers, who had some issues in her writing, let's say, that you can get more into if you want to read the books. Um, but Lord I mean, if was Whimsy, a female it,
1: crime writer in the 20s, there are going to be... Yeah,
0: Yeah, but on the whole she writes with a very, you know, like discerning eye on society and Mm. Lord Peter Wimsey as a character acknowledges the way that people view him in society and uses that persona of being like a silly ass who doesn't take anything seriously in order to make these extremely incisive observations of other people. Like because they they don't believe that he's really as intelligent as all that, he can really get them to admit things that they didn't intend to to someone who they respected as a person. Um, Yep. And he solves crimes. It's a valuable skill. And also he's extremely traumatised, which is like, yeah, that's that's kind of the doctor, generally. Oh boy. Oh yes. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's good. Don't start with whose body, because it's a weird one. It has, like, post-modernist influences and also is kind of anti-Semitic. So start with a different one. Um... <laughs> But they are very good. They're very, very good. And they made some TV versions of most of them. (laughs) Semi-accessible. But yeah, just the the persona versus the true person inside kind of thing is very... reminded me of that. I think
1: that's quite a common Who theme as well. Yeah. The Um, secret
0: sadness of the Doctor.
1: Oh! You can sort of see that reflected in all the double-crossing and dubiousness of the roles and the power dynamics within the colony as well. It's a nice little mirror.
0: Like, who can we believe who they say they are? Like, we can't believe the Daleks when they say what, about all of yeah. this stuff. How can we believe the Doctor about being the Doctor? And it's all yeah. proven by their actions. Yes, yes. So good thematically. Anyway, um, we've already talked about like the the clues of his acknowledgement of being the what the first Doctor previously is really good, where he acknowledges his past, yeah. and you're like, yes, I love this. Yeah, uh, just. He's just so good. Like
1: He's just a delight. To, he's so easy to, I, I guess, listen to mostly here. Yeah. But he's, the ease oh. with which he slips into this character, knowing he has massive shoes to fill. Yeah. And he just takes it running, and there's so much of him that is then carried on for the rest of his characterization of the Doctor for the rest of Troughton's run. Yeah. Is very good, I, love. I,
0: I read a thing earlier today, I think it was an Annika Wills interview, where apparently once she and Michael Craze wore t shirts to the set that said, William Hartnell, come back, all is forgiven. And Patrick Chandler was like, oh no, I'm so mad about this, how could you say this? And they were like, it was a joke, ah, it's fine. Oh boy, Ugh. all is forgiven. Yeah, it is, it is very fun.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to like make that and put that on my red bevel Yeah, second. yeah.
0: No, he, he took he took his role very seriously and he just imbues it with so much character straight from the beginning. Yeah. Even just when yeah. he's like taking the hood off and like moving his face around and stuff, and you're like, Oh yeah, there he is, that's the second doctor.
1: Yeah. He's um the recorder as well. I think the recorder yeah. shows up in every episode and it just
0: Certainly nearly What everyone. is such a
1: dark episode, it's some necessary levity.
0: Yeah. It's just good and like sometimes in a conversation he will play a note on it instead of saying a word. So they're like, What it's do you th- think? Do you think that's true, Doctor? <laughs> Do you have a recorder to hand? No, I'm, looking whistling. For your recorder?
1: I'm whistling. I'm ah. whistling. Ah, I did not hear. There is no
0: rhythm. Yeah, I would have course. to ask my dad. He's probably got one, but that might take us a while. <laughs> like, would you like it? Would you like a jaws harp, or would you like a penny whistle, or a slide whistle? I'm like, no Dad, I want a recorder. <laughs> Anyway, my parents are doing Lego downstairs at the moment. They didn't invite oh, that's me to do adorable. it, but they invited me at about 20 past two, and I was like, I need to finish reading this short trip. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, anything else to say about Two besides that we adore him?
1: Don't think so. I think that covers it.
0: Yeah, and we discussed most of our other points during the episode, like the bit where they say, of course you do have a right of access to yours, which is why I have a badge that says so. And he does that twice. He's like, I have a badge. My (laughs) badge tells you where I can go. Um, And in the book, they kind of go more into the psychology of him trying to feel out what the examiner can do. So he pushes and pushes and pushes to see where the limits are. I like that a lot. It's very good. I have to go. Now look, if you're going to be in trouble, you'll need me to look after you. Me too. Right. But you don't understand. Ben and Polly. Yeah, this is our first Ben and Polly story. I think that they're kind I of... I like them a lot. I do really like them. They don't get a lot to do in this, but the characters are just so much fun together. Like, the, the class conflict and the general, mm. like, oh, Ben, oh, Polly. Like, they really like each other, but there's a bit more friction between them because they're not, like, people who knew each other before or the Tardis, like it's yes, like...
1: and they're obvious especially like Ben is a male wife.
0: Yes, and she's a girl boss. We get them.
1: it's so good. They are
0: perfect, <laughs> and I love them. When I read Ames' note that said just Ben is a male <laughs> wife, I screamed. I literally screamed.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> it was all I could think when he was like where's Polly? Where's Polly? Must find Polly? How are you not thinking about anything other than Polly?
0: Yeah, it's a very, I think they're trying to do a kind of Ian and Barbara style vibe of the the two companions who are trying to get home. Like, they kind of stumble into the TARDIS and they're like, Mm. "Mm, this is alright, but we want to go home actually. For like, pretty much the whole time they're in the TARDIS. (laughs) Um, Which is
1: a shame. Yeah, it is
0: a shame. Whereas, like, I think, like I said, I think they're trying to do a similar thing to Ian and Barbara. They're not trying to be Ian and Barbara, uh, which is good because no one could ever be Ian and Barbara, the perfect companion. Um, (laughs) But they are really, really fun. And as I've said already, I really like that Ben is a working class companion because we need more of those. Yes. Um, And any American listeners, the issue with class representation in British uh, television is extreme. It's extreme.
1: Um, And our class system has... I guess, different undertones than the American class system. Yes. So I guess we're just using the US and the UK as the examples here because they're often seen as quite homogenous cultures when really they're quite separate
0: yeah but yeah i just love everything ben does i think he's great like michael craze <laughs> is really going for it with just like being in in this persona of a man who is extremely annoyed by everything that's going on <laughs> he tries blowing into the wrong end of the recorder at one point which is one of my favorite pieces of characterization ever like <laughs> it's perfect and like he, he had a headmaster once who got nicked for not paying his bus fare <laughs> classic of course he did uh...
1: And that's an a- oops, don't make noise. That's an anecdote he tells when trying to like point out corruption in people with power. Yeah. <laughs> Love
0: it. Um he really throws all his weight behind Daleks being evil based solely on vibes. He doesn't even really, like, the doctor doesn't really tell them very much about the Daleks, but Ben is just like, yeah, we found them in a creepy spiderweb filled cave. They got a big one, one big eye that spooks me out. Yeah, they're evil. I'll, I'll take that. They're evil. <laughs> like, in the book, the doctor actually explains what they are, and they're like, the old, do- the old doctor was always going on about the Daleks being evil or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's never shown on screen, <laughs> which is nice because it refers to extra canonical events.
1: Which we love. We love to see it. We
0: do love extra canonical events. But yeah, he's just he's just great. And as you've said, he's so nonplussed by the entire situation.
1: He is just done. He is just an absolute mood in how over everything he is. Yeah.
0: Um, And then we have Polly, who is the Duchess. She's like I think she's canonically like kind of a like a moderately famous. I don't think she's like an honourable, but she's like you know upper class. Getting getting out there. She definitely in the world. has
1: that vibe. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Two hundred years in a swamp, and you wouldn't look very lively either.
1: <laughs> so good. I
0: love her. And her joining in with the tongue twister with two. It's just very fun. Like she's Lesterson, listen, Lesterson, listen, Lesterson, listen, 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 listen. And Ben is trying to get them both to shut up and listen to him. Like, <laughs> Lesterson, listen,
1: Lesterson. <laughs> Which is basically all Ben does. Yeah, and it's great.
0: God, I love thing. it. Like Polly is on board with two being the Doctor fairly early on. Like she's like, I know it's oh the doctor,
1: immediately. I think. It's got like, to
0: be. She's not a hundred percent sure, but she's like the one who's willing to suspend her disbelief and be like, "Yeah, I yes. believe that the TARDIS is bigger on the inside than the outside, and I believe that we travel in time." So, at this point, what therefore, have I got to lose uh, this... believing that this guy is the Doctor?
1: Yep. And I she... think it's very much like the Doctor was there, therefore, it must be the Doctor. Yeah, and she, wants, be? she
0: wants to be like she wants to believe the best in people and do the yeah, right thing, which
1: is which is so. I mean, charming, I guess. Yeah. I find it really charming.
0: Yeah, it's it's really lovely. Um, And she does everything with extreme style and poise. She's got a great... I mean, we'll, mm-hmm. we might talk about this in the wife segment, just because otherwise it will be a very short wife segment. <laughs> but Polly <laughs> Polly is great. Um, And the other stories I've seen her in, I've mostly... I've seen the moon base twice now, and she's great in the moon base. So I'm looking forward to more Polly. And the 10th planet I've seen her in as well. Um, nice. Looking forward to more Ben and Polly. Very soon, in fact. Um... <laughs> And then we have the dynamic duo of ben and polly
1: i love it i just love their dynamic yeah
0: they're like prickly friends like yeah
1: they don't always agree.
0: yeah they bicker they're like you know but at the end of
1: the day they care for each other so much yeah
0: they held hands for 0.5 seconds at one point and i don't know why like it's an animation you can just have them keep holding hands (laughs)
1: <laughs> Maybe that's just actually what they did and people are like, this is brilliant characterization."
0: Yeah, they're just sneaking around, you know. That's my
1: characterization song. I hope you like yes, it. Yes, I
0: did like it. Thank you. Thank you, thank um you. They got their uh, matching colony outfits in red, kind of, <laughs> like, two pieces.
1: Oh, they were red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amazing. they're red.
0: They're red. There's a lot of bright colours in um, OG Doctor Who. Like in the Macro Terror, tragically not included in the animation because of bu- budget, Boo. but I met Fraser Heinwald once. I've probably told this story in podcast before. But I informed him I liked the Macro Terror because I just listened to it on cassette, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I had to wear um, orange hot pants in that one."
1: You have told me this before. I fucking need it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I just need any it of into it. my veins. Yeah yeah um the bickering is very good also in episode i think five when she's talking to valmar and whatever the other one was called biggles um <laughs> biggles uh, yeah i'd like to see you come up against a real man like who like ben for instance because she's like i bet you're feeling really big doing this to a girl like she kind of it's a little bit of internalized misogyny um but also it's got great i mean she's also taking uh, it and using it Yeah, it's got very Where Are the Simple um... Joys of Maidenhood vibes, which is a song from the musical (laughs) Camelot. Oh boy. Yeah, this is my singing bit, so enjoy this. Uh, uh, What is it? Uh, Where are the simple joys of maidenhood? Shall I never be rescued in the wood? Shall two knights never tilt for me, nor let their blood be spilt for me? Oh, where are maiden simple joys? D- d- etc cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I did have a musical bit
1: that I decided not to sing because I do not have enough range to do sondheim well. Oh, which but I was riffing on um, for, uh, last midnight slash first midnight from Into the Woods. Oh, I it's don't know. It's the first Trouton. <laughs>
0: Which, it's the which... last uh, not jamie <laughs>
1: <laughs> god, god wow. i fucking recommend into the Words it's good shit
0: yeah yeah i think i tried watching it on vhs ages ago because my sister had a copy oh but... the
1: bernadette bernadette Bernabe- 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 peters one i think
0: so yeah anyway we can't talk so about this so we have to do the podcast <laughs> um i liked when they hugged while hiding from the daleks that was cute um, yes. And I enjoy them very much, and I look forward to having the triple act of them and Jamie for the one episode of The Moonbase where Jamie yeah. does anything. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, they... that's going to be a fun dynamic.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so good. Just to just let like, you know, I haven't seen them interact on anything yet, but I am going to ship Ben and Jamie.
0: On your knees. whole vibe is that of a of a, uh, a stately gay man but not also not stately at all big disaster gay energy <laughs> kind of varies <laughs> vacillates like a chaotic gay yeah very chaotic gay energy um wearing the hat the whole which outfit which i personally
1: love yeah. It's,
0: it's so good. Just, like, everything. To- it's also,
1: like, it, it's like flirting with being camp but never quite getting there.
0: Yeah, it really depends on the episode. And, it like, the delivery yeah. can sometimes approach that campness but it never goes overboard into something, Yes, you know. Mockery. Yeah. It's just good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so considered an arch and you're like, yes, Patrick Troughton, the best actor. <laughs> Is Patrick Troughton the best actor to ever act? It's possible. Like I always really because I think part of the reason I like Eleven so much is that Matt Smith took a lot of his inspiration from Patrick Troughton. Yes, for his characterization of the Doctor. See. Like I really, really I like, like Matt Eleven. Eleven's great. Like a lot of the writing in Eleven's era was not great, but it's Eleven the same was as 12, always really. good. Same as Twelve. Twelve
1: was always fantastic. <laughs>
0: Like, you know, yeah. most of the... Every actor to play the Doctor has been a very good actor, and we can establish this. Yeah. But <laughs> I think sometimes people, like, sour on Eleven because of, you know, Moffat's whole... Everything else. Thing. And
1: he was young and boyish and chinny and silly, mm. but the Doctor is silly. Yeah.
0: Which is what What's the point in being grown boy's? up if you can't be
1: childish every now
0: and then? Exactly! Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of gay in this se- in this segment. I have um, Quinn and, uh, and then I kind of just like <laughs> try to remember any character's name and I went saw <laughs> because he was sad when he died. It doesn't really work. Um, it's- there's not a lot about... I of just out-
1: adore your next point as well. <laughs> It just makes me Um, scream with joy.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, But no, because there's not a lot of kind of inter-character, like, relationship-related interaction beyond, like, in the book there's bits where everyone's like, wow, Janli's really intelligent and attractive and I wish that I could make a move on her, but she doesn't seem interested in relationships. That's a shame. And then they move on. um, Just because that's how men write, I guess. They're like, wow, look at this beautiful woman who doesn't want to date me. That's so sad. I'm going to move on. Um, But yeah, I think every time two Daleks are facing each other they should do a little kiss with the plungers i think that would be good (laughs) i think that's adorable like i noticed it because they were facing each other and they nearly touched and i was like imagine if they just went like boop (laughs) boop (laughs) boop
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, that's like the the
0: wholesome version of the gay daleks (laughs) (laughs) they just kiss with their plungers yeah very cute um
1: I think my other like contribution to the section is, fellas, is it gay to want the second doctor's trousers just to wear?
0: Uh, is it... I mean, they're great trousers. They're like, yes. you know, yellow check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need them. Yeah. I didn't see anything yeah. like that in the charity shop earlier. Yeah. I, I did get a really nice dress though.
0: Ooh, anyway, I love it's the second doctor's I wardrobe and I really want to cosplay too at some point. Um, Holy fuck, you should do it. Yeah, it's just cosplay is so, like, gotta do a Intense. whole thing. But then I can go and be like, hi Dom, I did some cosplay. That's, yours is really good, mine is less good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not the point. The point is the enthusiasm. The
1: point is the friends we made along the way. Exactly. Uh,
0: and then my last gay note is that Valmar and Quinn have to rebuild the colony together. <laughs> Which is cute. It is cute. Um... Uh, yeah, not the gayest serial, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't have to be gay to be good. It just has to be exceptionally good.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's e- even, I guess even though the, the themes aren't particularly, like, heterosexual either, like, a lot of the time I look at the themes and be like, ooh, it's a Yeah. Whereas this is just looking into the psychology of the Daleks it's and humans. It's
0: so good, and it's so good so good like it's not a heterosexual story it's just a story removed from any like romantic or sexual like inclinations whatsoever it's just hey here's a bunch of people stuck on this colony with a bunch of daleks and they are all cross like double crossing each other so yes
1: yeah it's so good Uh, i guess you could also like a win for that is like ben and polly definitely have romantic undertones but it doesn't take over the show in an uh, an obnoxious way yeah that Het romances often do in modern sci fi.
0: Yeah, which is another thing that's good about Ian and Barbara. Because they love each other. They
1: do love each other.
0: For any listeners interested, one of the things that I'm bidding on on eBay is the big Finnish audio, The Five Companions, which has Ian in it, which is part of the reason he's on my mind.
1: Um, He is always on your mind. He is
0: always on my mind, to be fair. Like, I re-listen to our episodes and I'm like, man, I wonder when I'm going to mention Ian in this episode and it'll come up and I'm like, yeah, that's about (laughs) right. Um, Oh, sure. Lots of people. And there's a woman. A woman. A woman, hey. So, we're, we've been submerged in a mercury pool for 200 years, and we have now been extracted and taken to live in Wife City. Um, it's where we where re- I build our to end community up. of wives. <laughs> um, all they need to give us is You're the power and the materials. You're describing the queer utopia. Yes, yes. Um, so we have two wives. I've got a, a there tally are two snap. Women. I've got a telly snap in the document. It's cute of uh, Polly. I think Hens not Hensel. One of the guards probably in the middle and then Jan Lee. It's just it's great. It's very sixties. Like Polly's outfit is like uh kind of a I don't know, like a, a double breast not double breasted, like a like pajamas. Essentially it's pajamas yeah. with shorts. But it really suits her, and it's great. And she's so pretty, and she's so lovely, and I just She's love just her.
1: kind. She's the sort of person I would actually like, like to be really good friends with.
0: Yeah, she seems like she'd be fun at a party as well. Yeah. She's just great, and like, again, she doesn't get a lot to do, so it's hard to be specific, but she just has such a good vibe. Like, I just want to be friends with her. I want to know, yes, like she and two get along really well, to, even to start off with, like the letters and listen thing. She has, he has time to be silly, like it's good. Yeah,
1: and she's also got a lot of common sense, which yeah. I
0: value in a woman. Hell yeah, she's just cute. I don't know what to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, Jane Lee wouldn't be my wife, but seeing as there aren't many more wife contenders, I guess she's in there.
0: Yeah, Jan Lee is like. She's an evil wife. She's like a, a Carla or a, um... I was going to say a Cassia. Cassie is not an evil wife. What other evil wife did we have once? Oh, we've definitely had
1: other evil wives.
0: Morg- Morgane, Morgane. Yes. So yeah, she's kind of an evil wife. Not quite on the same level as Morgane or Carla. But, like, she's a, a woman who knows what she wants and she knows how she's going to get it. She's just wrong about that. <laughs> she's wrong about how she's going to get it. Um... She goes out fighting against the Daleks because she realizes that they've betrayed her trust. I don't know why she trusted them to start with, but you know, people gonna people, people gonna people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's a short wife segment. It's just that there's not many women, and in this particular case, I didn't mind quite so much because the the humans are essentially there to get murdered. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, and there's enough like interesting shit happening. Yeah.
0: Like the most, the the second most developed character on the human side is janley so Lee. there's janley and then the i think you're saying Janley because it's a bit like janeway i'm getting that impression
1: <laughs> i had that thought about 30 seconds ago janeway is my space wa- one of my many space yes wives, we have many so. space wives
0: um, <laughs> but yeah polly is great and um, janley is gaslight gatekeep girl boss as we've established <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like some kind of important thing in the scientific like research base. It's not really important, but you know, she gets to do stuff, and it's so good. Women it's very doing good. stuff. I like women doing science. Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> this is something that I miss in New Who. There's just less scientists. There are less labs. Yeah. it's less science
0: based. They
1: don't. I, one of the things I'm loving watching um, Classic Who is how many women in labs there are.
0: Yeah. and I was like, oh boy. This this just, there's just science rather than the doctor kind of going oh I know how to do this and then like magically knowing the science I want experimentation yeah. damn it I want a hypothesis I want the scientific method
1: I want to see academics awake at 3am because they haven't slept
0: <laughs> we, want want we want Evelyn Smythe we want Evelyn Smythe I know she's not a scientist but she's yeah. an academic
1: yeah definitely counts yeah. give me scholarly interpretations of or, aliens or give me death <laughs>
0: Uh, but yes, behind the scenes. I mean, I, I've
1: been playing Mass Effect recently, and my yeah. friend was texting me about it, and I was like, literally, just put me on a spaceship and give me a while. It's <laughs> all, all
0: I need. Today's science fiction so often becomes tomorrow's science fact.
1: So, Power of the Daleks aired in November and December of 1966. Hell yeah! Um, which was a while ago. It was three months after the first TV broadcast of Star Trek, so. Yes. Even though that the planet Vulcan in Star Trek wasn't established until several episodes into their run, so a bit of contention yeah. over who had the first Vulcan. Yeah,
0: it had aired. I think the the, the Star Trek episode had aired previously, but it was in development mm. pretty much concurrently. So for a
1: long time, yes, yeah, it was. Um, so the original script revealed that the Doctor had been regenerated yep. or renewed, as they said, several times in the past. And he was going to open a drawer in the console which contained relics from his previous incarnations, Mm -hmm. including an earring and a metal bracelet. This is in the (laughs)
0: novelization.
1: Oh, beautiful. Which wasn't released
0: until, like, the 1990s, so clearly they did (laughs) not care at that point. They were like, eh, it doesn't matter.
1: Canon? What canon? Yeah. The scripts also specified the Doctor's age as 750, (laughs) included various references to his granddaughter Susan, the Doctor no longer being able to recall where he left her, which is fucking tragic. And also,
0: not true. It's not true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and also hinted <coughs> that it might have been the Daleks who destroyed his home world, which is true, but hasn't happened yet. Yeah, time intriguing. travel.
0: I do like the earring, and it makes me think: is there a pirate doctor, or is this like Ruth? This is the Fugitive Doctor.
1: Why? What? We don't know that Ruth wasn't a pirate for yeah. For that's a while. so
0: true. I never like Fugitive Doctor is pre one, right? Yes. Yeah. I always get confused about timelines and stuff, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, they could also, like, wreck on that next season, but currently most people think that Fugitive is pre-1, but we're not sure how many inc- incarnations be- before 1. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Although now I'm looking at the, the details, on am kind of like, what if she's a post-6B doctor?
1: That would fit with Chibnall being a massive nerd wanting to fix 6B.
0: Yeah, 6 p is going to come back in the audio soon. That's going to be exciting, because there's... Fuck a, yeah! There's, like, Return of the War Games, or After the War Games, or whatever is the, is the second Oh my god. box in. and I'm like, oh my god! That, um, oh, thank
1: <laughs> you so much for informing me of this, is, this existence. Yeah. Oh, that's so good.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Ugh, it's... Cannot
1: wait until our 10-hour War Games extravaganza episode. Ah,
0: oh my god, one hour for <laughs> each episode, and I just scream yeah. the whole time about World War I in media. <laughs> um,
1: that's gonna be interesting. Please bring bring your Wilfred Owen and Secrets yes. of Soon
0: books to the to Oh, the I important. will. I as I've said, my microphone is resting on a Secret of yes. Soon microphone.
1: <laughs> so in character. It, Love is, it.
0: it is. I know who I am. Yeah.
1: So in one scene in the the story, the Doctor is able to determine the power dynamic of the colony by observing the officials' faces. This is based on an event that happened during production when the staff were discussing how to portray the new Doctor in comparison to William Hartnell's. Jerry Davis noticed Patrick Troughton silently observing a meeting between various staff members and dismissed everyone so Troughton could tell him what he'd observed about the staff's power dynamic. Davis found this event interesting enough to incorporate it into David Whitaker's writing. So cool! I am bouncing on my seat because I love this. So
0: cool! I just man. also like
1: actors as observationists.
0: It's great. Yes. It's 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 so cool, and it's such a cool thing to have the Doctor do. He kind of Columbo's his way through the episodes. Yeah, it's so good. Um, it's it's really it's good. good, and it's such an interesting observation about how Doctor Who worked as a show, even at the time. Yes yeah absolutely um
1: it's also the first dalek story to use the title format like x of the daleks which is now the
0: most commonly used title format for stories about the creatures yes which was also the source of my annoyance pre-suggesting me a name start podcast where i was like this is an inaccurate portrayal of how <laughs> Doctor dalek stories were titled for the first like 10 years you know it's it's fine yes. <laughs> it did not yeah, matter yeah we're fine
1: <laughs> um, it's also the only story during the second Doctor's original televised run to not feature Jamie McCrimmon Woo! counting the three Doctors is also one of two stories to feature Patrick Troughton but not Fraser Hines. it's because
0: Jamie is like the most important companion in Two's life and that's I just okay. love that Jamie
1: just sticks around for the entire thing
0: yeah he kept so thinking about leaving and then they were like eh I'm just enjoying it you know yeah why would I I get to touch Patrick Troughton's bum <laughs> I'm fine that really got me. <laughs> I mean, he does
1: it numerous times on the footage we have surviving. Yeah. Imagine how much has been lost to time. Yeah,
0: that's very true.
1: Um, and there's the, the trailer stating that this story takes place in 2020. A, optimistic to think that we'd have space colonies within like sixty years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but also we had we had things to worry about in 2020. Yeah, we did so. have things to
0: worry about. Otherwise, we would all be on the planet Vulcan getting killed by Daleks. So in a way, we dodged some like whisks. We dodged a whisk, but <laughs> not for good
1: things. Oh my! Um, oh wow, this is a nice little little touch from you. Yes,
0: Anna Annika Wills, Wills apparently
1: yeah. put Patrick tra- apparently did. Patrick Troughton's hair for the first serial because the wig they put him in was a bit small
0: apparently you made him look like Harper Marks and I'm like okay um, no this is That's... from a random feature I saw on the the, the TARDIS wiki page for the Amazing. Doctor's Recorder <laughs> <laughs> A I love that exists mm. B I love that you found yourself there of course I did, of course I did. But yeah, like yeah. that's the kind of apocryphal story where I'm like, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But you know, she kind of got her comb out and like combed out his fringe so that he looked like a beetle. Because Patrick Troughton in his normal life like, wore his hair kind of swept back um, yeah. in a less sort of, you know, mopish fashion. fashion. Yeah. Um, and he also grew a great beard, you know, back when he was on Pebble Millet <laughs> One in like the 1970s. Incredible. Yeah, and then I have, uh, I found the Radio Times letters section from the week that this came out. Um, so the first one is from G. Howard in Leeds. <clears throat> Which is, I would like to send my heartiest congratulations to the production team of BBC One's Doctor Who. Patrick Troughton and the superb character he has created have dragged the programme out of the unfortunate mess it had degenerated into. Given sensible Ooh. scripts, the programme could possibly emerge as one of the real successes of television science fiction. I look forward to the time when Doctor Who has performed for adults only. This guy... You started Mm. off strong. It is a children's television show, mate. It's for children. (laughs) I bet he loved The Underwater Menace coming after this.
1: oh boy
0: what have you done to BBC One's Doctor Who Of all the stupid nonsense why turn a wonderful series into what looked like Coco the Clown I think you'll find One of my thousand- favourite yeah, yeah. I think you'll find thousands of children will not be watching Doctor Who which up to now has been the tops from Mrs Estelle Hawken, Wadebridge, Cornwall and then Anox from New Malden just thanks William Hartnell for three lovely years as Doctor Who and you're like oh nice He's not getting- this that's person's nice. not getting involved you know that's fine um. yeah there was there was some like oh no how could they replace William Hartnell he was perfect and then people were like oh actually Patrick Troughton's very good pardon us yep
1: <laughs> and he is and yeah as I said earlier he just commits to it and I think it's why the show was successful in doing the regeneration and how it's been able to survive through so many future regenerations which so this episode owes like the future of the show owes a lot to this, yeah. this story and the execution yeah. of it.
0: It's also how I feel about the Tenth Planet just featuring the Regeneration at the end and you just go, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's fascinating how they just went for it. And I love that because nowadays television would be like spoiling that left and right. Like it'd be like exclusive, we found out who's replacing. Like when they reveal that Jodie Whittaker is going to be the next Doctor. It's like, that's really cool, but I kind of wish we could just wait and like see. And like when
1: they did um, Peter Capaldi, they had like a whole hour long BBC One live special. I remember that. I watched it. (laughs) Yep.
0: So did I. And then they had his eyes featured in the Day of the Doctor, which I keep thinking about re-watching, and then i like, but no, the experience will never be as good as watching it for the first time in the cinema. <laughs> um, oh,
1: I, I, got, I watched it in one of my, like, I was a student in one of my friend's, like, front rooms. Oh. Very small front room with about 20 of us in there. It was fun.
0: Yeah, also the day before, I had sobbed my way through watching the Night of the Doctor. Like... Oh. just oh my god i don't even know if it's good anymore like i've never known if day of the doctor is good and i never want to find out <laughs> sometimes it's
1: just how art makes you feel you
0: know yeah and i really want to watch the book with the curator because i'm fascinated by all of it uh yes but yeah i can't remember what i was talking about now something to do with doctor who probably
1: <laughs> no, we'll all go except michelle
0: oh just a minute i'm not gonna miss all no Shaw. I- have you never heard of female emancipation liz this time i think you he- no war but the class war, up the unions, etc. Um, social commentary mm-hmm. in this serial is interesting. Um, uh, it's it's mixed, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just mean that I find it the way that it tries to... Not even both sides it, but attempts to present different strands of the same issue and like generally yeah. talk about how humans respond to certain situations is really interesting. Or like, you know, yeah. white British people in the 1960s respond to things. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: I did really enjoy... hubris of assuming you had complete power
0: yeah it's a very like
1: definitely a favorite trope
0: yeah it kind of made me think about like frankenstein or whatever you know yeah it's like i've brought life to this creature and i can control it but no that's not true um now that the creature is alive it is independent from you yes yeah i i wrote any
1: parent should yes i
0: wrote this section at about 1am and I was extremely... Yeah, I came on to make my
1: notes this morning and I was like, oh boy, oh God. Rosie's, oh
0: Rosie's had an argument with themselves at 1am um, and it was good. But there's a bit where um, Ben and Polly are arguing about whether Quinn is guilty and Polly says, certain people you know are right just by looking at them. Which is like, it's not true. Like, whether Quinn is innocent or not, it's not to do with just looking at him.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I th- definitely. Definitely a bit of, um, bit of good old British... Knowing who the right sort is yeah, by... Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And I, I like then disagreeing with saying, you know, that's not true yeah. because you never know what's going on inside someone's head. Like... Yes. That's why he doesn't trust two and she does. And they're not necessarily... Neither of them is necessarily right or wrong in trusting him or not trusting him. Like, externally mm. is the narrative as the audience who are watching it 50 years after it came out were like, hey, yeah, <laughs> you know, that is, like... <coughs> that is the Doctor. But... Yeah. Just gotta deal with that. But there's...
1: I did enjoy like that you had one person immediately going to trust and another
0: person immediately going to doubt. Yeah, press F to... Press it was a doubt. nice little dynamic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're just generally disagreeing with the premise that anyone's public persona and presentation is directly equivalent to what they actually feel or think, which is what they're doing with the Doctor and his like portrayal of himself as a bumbling yes. fool... And with every other character's, like, split motivations and their discussions with the Daleks versus their discussions with each other versus their discussions with their higher-ups. Yes. It's very complicated. And I love it. Um,
1: Very interesting as well. Like, lots of interesting dynamics coming out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good on the Daleks for unionising is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, as mentioned, like, Lester is so confident he can control the Daleks. He thinks that, and I've I've attempted to make a parallel here, which I think made more sense when I was almost asleep, but it's like the assumption <laughs> that workers can... I
1: must say, I did lose you somewhere. Yeah,
0: the workers can and or should be controlled rather than respected and incorporated with. So it's kind of this um, viewing workers as like worker ants rather than as individual... Uh, individuals with agency and uh, mm. a a complex inner life, and Daleks don't have the most complex inner life,
1: <laughs> um, but they but they have more than just being robots. Yeah, they're
0: very cunning and manipulative in the serial, which is something I think we lose in the new series by having like Emperor yeah. Daleks or and Daleks um, and... the. The Cult of Skaro, those kinds of things, which personalises the Daleks, but also means that the other Daleks are no longer characters. Because in this one, their characters it's just that we don't get to know them because they don't want us to know, right? Like, they're not going to tell the humans their names because it's not, they don't have names. They don't need them. I bet they do, and it's all like Greg. (laughs) Yeah, Greg the Dalek. Love it. But yeah. On the other hand, as we've established already, the rebel groups don't really have a given motivation, they're just kind of rebels, and it needs more. It needs more. Yes. To make sense.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think it's really interesting in that the rest of the serial is just so well-paced, mm. and I wonder if there was more and they had to cut it to make it yeah. feel...
0: Yeah, I mean, when I finish the novelisation, like, I'll do like, an update to you to tell you Please more do. about it. Because there's definitely, like, they're starting to seed stuff in about people being a bit discontented with, like, the way that Hensel assumes that he can run the the various different industries without, like, oversight and all this other stuff. Like, there's general workers' grievances, which I very much, like, sympathise with. But it's not portrayed in the serial, and uh, novelisation material is, like, deuterocanonical at best, as we've established.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm intrigued to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. Uh, But also, Brogan using the naivety of the rebels um, in following him to manipulate them to a point where he can just seize power and then kill all of them so that he doesn't have to deal with another, like... Att- mm, like attempted coup by people who are proven to be rebels he's like well you've rebelled before yeah. so you'll rebel again so i have to kill you
1: um mm. and
0: then ben just very cut yeah, and then ben calls out the fascism of all he's like look you chose to follow that guy <laughs> like what did you expect yeah. to happen um, yeah
1: which makes sense what was like navy boy yeah.
0: Able seaman must have he's great um, i know <laughs> i know it's the name of the thing <laughs> i find it quite funny yeah so Ab, what exactly is the power of the daleks
1: I think the power of the Daleks is their... I mean, in this one, it's definitely how they're under, under, um, underestimated yep. and able to manipulate the situation. Yeah. Overall, their power... I think it also has the power over the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. In that as soon as he knows the Daleks are involved, his entire demeanour and approach changes, which not many people or things can have that impact on him. Yeah.
0: I also think um, the power of the Daleks is um, static electricity, I hear, is the power that they use... <laughs> Fuck off. It's a it's a literal and physical interpretation and I really like it. Like It is, which is valid They're giving them literal power by like charging them up, and they're also giving them metaphorical power by allowing them to manipulate like or not allowing them to manipulate by being manipulated by the Daleks. Like it's so interesting. It's such a good title. (laughs) What else could the power be? they also kill people yeah that is yeah the power to change their appendages without revealing how we will never know (laughs) how they change to the sieve and cattle prod daleks we just need thumb dalek we just need thumb dalek i'm begging to put thumb dalek in somewhere like special weapons dalek we know there are specialty daleks they've got to make thumb dalek 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 thumb i mean thalek is like some kind of weird amalgamation where they get a thal and put it in a dalek casing (laughs) (laughs) that'd be quite funny yeah it'll be weird um, but yeah, and then we have uh, my note on the science of it all. I have a copy of <laughs> yeah, intrigued. Paul Parsons' The Highly Acclaimed... Oh, sorry, I'm really going in the back of my throat a lot. Oh. the highly acclaimed unofficial guide uh the science of doctor who by paul parsons there's a forward by arthur c Clarke, which i've not read wow um and there's a quote on the cover that says there should be a copy in the glove compartment of every tardis which was uh, said by colin baker the sixth doctor um there are Cute. two notes in this about the power of the daleks so i thought i'd say those one of them yes please do uh, One of them is about the Mercury pools, so metals in unusual states abound on other Doctor Who worlds as well. In The Power of the Daleks, the second Doctor arrives on the planet Vulcan, a world that has swamps with geysers of liquid mercury gushing into the sky. Interestingly, Vulcan was meant to be located between the planet Mercury and the Sun. In the 19th century, astronomers Hmm. studying the behaviour of the solar system had hypothesised that there might exist just such a planet, and they even called it Vulcan. They'd observed-
1: think I've read about this before.
0: They'd observed curious behaviour in the motion of Mercury around the Sun, which they thought could be explained by the gravitational pull of another planet, the sun inside Mercury's orbit, but it wasn't to be. In 1916, Einstein publishes General Theory of Relativity, a new theory of gravity that it explained the orbit of Mercury naturally, with no need to invent new planets. Um, and then they've pointed out that planet Vulcan would be uninhabitable if it was between Mercury and the <laughs> sun.
1: Um,
0: of course, it would be. And they've noted that it is highly toxic, but there could be other liquid metals uh, freely flowing on some planets. Venus has sinuous hmm. riverbeds visible in high-resolution radar images stretching for hundreds of miles across the planet's surface. That's cool. They can't tell whether anything is still flowing in them or what kind of fluid it is that cut them. Um, but candidates could be low-melting-point metals such as lead or tin. Very cool. Um, nice. And then we have to do with the uh, what the actual thing that the Daleks see is. Because obviously later on in like New Who, it seems that they have some kind of infrared or like X-ray vision. Um, but it's clear that... In The Power of the Daleks, they don't have infrared vision because the Doctor is able to, like, pretend to be dead. And they don't Mm. question it. Same with Danley and Valmar. They all pretend to die. Um... Interesting. Okay, it is interesting. I think they must have something up. <laughs> God, sorry. Um, they've got like a whole diagram about which direction someone gets shot, depending on like the reason <laughs> that it's harder to pierce a Dalek's armor is because you're never really shooting it head on because it's all tilted, so it has further to go Ooh, to pierce it. Um, that's
1: really cool. Yeah.
0: What I really want is to have a thing about Dalek movement, like the static thing. Um, being Davros... Sorry, I'm, I'm flipping through a bit. Yeah, there's a lot about tank stuff. Uh, mm. In the seventh Doctor adventure of Remembrance of the Daleks, the Doctor states that armour is made of bonded polycarbide. No such thing exists in the real world, but the poly prefix <laughs> suggests that it is some kind of polymer, a plastic. It's certainly true that as polymer science improves, so lightweight plastics and composites are increasingly being used in roles where in the past only metal would do. So, because, um... It's called Dalekanium in the new series, which is also a term from, I think, the fourth Doctor's era. Um... Nice. To describe. It's a very silly term. Yeah, it is a very silly term. And I remember being annoyed when they used it. And I think they use it in Daleks in Manhattan. Because I was like, that's not the word. It's a polycarbide <laughs> armour. Because I i watched Remembrance of the Daleks about 15,000 times as a child, as we've established.
1: As we know. Um, Just love the idea of you being like, that's not true. I know the science of the Daleks better than you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was a very precocious uh god. I would have been 10, probably. Was? I was I, I don't think it's precocious when you're 25. Um, I'm very smart. <laughs> I'm very cool. But yeah, so that's just a little bit of insight into the science of Vulcan and the Daleks. I wish they had more about the static electricity thing. Because like, what yeah. does it mean? <laughs> How does that <laughs> like work? The, Are they like trams? if you rub a balloon on a Dalek's tummy,
1: does that power it? What happens if? What, oh... The name of those little like power generators you touch and your hair goes frizzy.
0: Oh the oh oh man oh no! Uh...
1: I know that my hair is super fine, oh, so I just god. look like a hedgehog. Oh what is it? I know I've
0: touched I one. Can see it? Oh. I, like you're you're the you're the primary school teacher. It's that's more common in like year seven. In my defence, static electricity okay. machine. Oh my god, what's it called? Electrostatic, electrostatic generator.
1: Yeah, it's like a van something I think.
0: Hang on. Van de Graaff undergraph yes
1: oh that's an audio pike enjoy
0: <laughs> i will i will um, <laughs> yeah it's the one where there's like it makes little sparks against the other anyway yes um the animation <laughs> is interesting i don't know how good it is on the special edition but because they had to kind it's of it's
1: nice actually
0: i enjoyed it yeah, it was
1: <sighs> like a step up from the last one we watched
0: yeah I wouldn't say that it's bad, necessarily, but it's not... It's very flash animation. Like, you, it's not really connected yeah, oh with boy, the background in this one. And in the colour... Like, I don't know whether it would be better in black and white versus colour. Mm. But it just... Some parts of it What was the... Feel having
1: watched it in black and white, how did it not work in
0: colour? It's not that it didn't work in colour, it's just that you become more aware of them as, like, human beings and faces. <laughs> like, in okay, black fair. and white, I can kind of divorce myself and go, I'm watching an animation, whereas with the, the colour one, I don't know why, but it just felt... And also, like, the fact that the colour of, like, the skin tones and stuff, it's all flat, and you're like, Ah! Ah! Um, Fury, of the, yeah. Fury from the Deep definitely did better because they don't black and divide yep. the faces into like 17 different quadrants like they just have faces yeah. in Fury from the Deep um, so I do want to watch the special edition it's just that I can't own two copies of Power of the Daleks and I refuse to get rid of this one because it's sentimental I mean you can own two copies of it <laughs> yeah I can I could it, it,
1: it's not illegal it's not
0: illegal but is it practical when I'm moving house in a month
1: <laughs> well when you get to your new house you can get Housewarming
0: it <laughs> <gift>. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and the, Ben's face in the original animation is just not very good. It looks like his chin is merged with his turtle, um and he's too wide it, it was, in the face.
1: It was fine enough on the special edition, but that's mostly because like, you sort of accept all the faces are going to look a bit odd
0: Yeah, I'd, because
1: of the style of animation. I don't
0: know, like, Michael Craze was kind of vaguely twinky, but the Ben in this is not. <laughs> No, he's, he is a muscle boy. He's a muscle boy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then the eye stalk shots are really good in colour because they add the like the crosshair and it's mm. like, oh my god, they're aiming at them! They're aiming! They're aiming! Stressful. That's good. Stressful. Every shot where the Daleks are just sat still with their eye stalk like, open and you're like, oh my god, they're watching! Let me get this straight.
1: A thing that looks like a police box standing
0: in a junkyard, it can move anywhere in time and space? Yes, quite so. Sure. But it's ridiculous. So this serial references a couple of previous stories, for example, Marco Polo and the Crusades and some of the Dalek stories just by virtue of being a Dalek Mm. story. And he has to mention to Ben and Polly who the Daleks are. Um, (laughs) It's like, lost story references previous lost story. (laughs) And it just makes me sadder and sadder. Yeah, it's fine. Not that I think
1: Marco Polo would go down massively well today. People really like it aim like people really like it people really like a lot of the racist stories rosie
0: <sighs> i mean they did cast people from asia so there's that
1: <laughs> okay that's actually a plus yes. compared to most of the yes. stories it
0: is apparently uh quite historically accurate that's my understanding of it oh nice anyway um there's been a lot of alternate presentations of the serial over the years so there was an audio narrated by tom baker in character um, so it includes. I must hear this. It includes like commentary. So like one despised the recorder, and four is like critical of two's outfit, and he's like, "It's not what one would choose for oneself." <laughs> <You're> like stop <laughs> being a snob, four. Two's great. Um, and it's available on the... Spe- also, look at your scarf. Yeah, it's available on the special edition DVD slash Blu-ray, along with the narration by oh, Annika nice. Wills from, like, 2004.
1: Okay, I might actually need to put that on at some point when I just need something in yeah. the background. and then there
0: was a different audio recon in 2005, which was called, like, the the official reconstruction or something. Then there was a loose cannon recon, which I did start watching, and then I couldn't do it, and I stopped. I tried, I tried. What's the, what's the
1: difference with the loose cannon recon? Loose, loose cannon
0: recons are the... Basically it's how fandom reconstructed the missing episodes in like the 90s, 80s and 90s. Oh, so it's all the cool. ones where you could only get it by like sending a mail order, like sending a VHS, a blank VHS to like a mail order thing and they a would man. burn it onto it or whatever they would do. They would record the record onto it and then they would send it back to you. Because copyright didn't I don't didn't think we apply... talk enough about
1: how lucky we are. <laughs> yeah,
0: copyright didn't apply to the VHSs because you weren't, it's so complicated. I think because they didn't really have... I mean, like, it's probably there because it was like, oversight. There wasn't, like, digital copyright protection. Yeah. So the...
1: the... I, know, I remember learning a lot in my MA about yeah. how book publishers got fucked over when things started to go yeah. digital because they had not included digital in any... Yeah.
0: Like, the recon itself Contracts. was... was God, this is this is going to be wrong. I think the recon itself is not, is not in copyright, but selling it as a DVD or as a VHS would be illegal but if you send the cost of a vhs tape that's not illegal
1: that's not because you're not purchasing the vhs tape with it on you are just
0: yeah it's complicated that's (laughs) a fucking
1: wild loophole i I think is how
0: it works and they i think they still operate actually that way but now they're all on like daily motion and they put the recons on the dvds i think possibly the loose cannon ones basically they use the tally snaps they use um like still images that people took of the screen (laughs) They use, tick, like, ticker tape going across the bottom to explain what's going on. Nice. It's tough to watch. That's cool. I don't yeah, know why I find it hard me. to watch. I need the linking narration. I need to know what's going on, and it's not just... A Cyberman attacks Ben! And it's just, like, a still image of a blurry Cyberman, like, off to the side. <laughs> and it's, I really, really Things... admire the way that they do it, and I'm so impressed by it. I, my brain just cannot cope. Cannot cope. Yeah.
1: It's a different way of, like... Imbibing media. Yeah,
0: I think I've. I think I watched like when I was little, we had the Tenth Planet in like a special edition VHS case, and it had a recon on the VHS. I remember that. Okay. Um, and I watched that, but I don't I, like I. I never remembered what had happened in the final episode of the Tenth Planet because I couldn't process it. And then you know the Doctor regenerated, yeah. and I went ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there was the novelization obviously, which is long and includes a recap of the end of the Tenth Planet in a fair amount of depth. Nice. Okay. Uh, and I really, I'm, I'm working on it. I will finish it. Um, then I just have a little uh, screen cap from a Doctor Who. Uh, I think it's a Titan Comics issue with Ben and Polly in it. That was like the Doctor Who thirteenth Doctor series issue zero, which is just like a couple okay. of two, like every Doctor, like a two-page story for each one, like. Establishing who that Doctor was. So the, the first Doctor and Susan, I think, and then two and Ben oh, nice. and Polly and Jamie fighting these playing card-shaped bugs. It's fun. <laughs> um, and it says, Ben and Polly and Jamie, you miss them, don't you? You miss all of them. Clever and resourceful and brave and kind. That's what it takes. Oh, ah, cute. So good. And they're very cute. They're very stylish. Uh, ben and Polly, are they married in expose? And I've put, okay, so... Oh, boy. Okay, right. So.
1: I'm I'm listening, I'm keen.
0: So, basically, um, Ben and Polly remained friends. And then, after some time, she and Ben got together. Ben proposed to Polly in 1966 at the top of the post office tower, which is seen in a ninth Doctor and Rose comic. Um, That's cute. Then, uh, like, they confessed their love to each other, but... Their relationship doesn't last. And we don't know exactly why they oh, broke up. Oh, no. Then she got married to someone called Simon and got pregnant and then has a son called Mikey. Then later, um, on New Year's- I love how many and there
1: are here. Uh, yes. On New Year's Eve
0: 1986, Polly and Ben meet up because it is the same day as the events of the Tenth Planet and they kind of hope they can see Mondas passing in the sky. Um, <laughs> then Simon dies and then she uh, she stops talking to her son for a bit because he walks in on her with a sailor that she met while drinking Soho and you're like, oh, you're sleeping with a sailor, Polly, huh? 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 Um, And then she becomes a personal assistant and becomes a socialite before eventually um, She has a
1: wild life eventually becoming the
0: leader of the company and being a public figure Um, and then she had a brief marriage with the gay one out of boys with four Zs, which I'm obsessed (laughs) with as a concept Um, She kind of worked on, god, the gay one Polly Wright's husband is like (laughs) A complete stub of an article here. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, she would go to various people's... Uh, various people's funerals to get a face in the newspapers, apparently. Um, oh, boy. And then she gets manipulated into travelling through time. And then... Uh, what the second is happening? And Jamie, who are in the process of season 6B, save her. She and Ben reunite and kiss. And it's like, yay! At some point after that, they get remarried. Uh okay so they are I believe currently married in the EU in that one episode oh. of Sarah Jane Adventures where Sarah Jane runs down some current companion shenanigans they are running an orphanage in India um okay and she's, that's she, one thing to do with she's friends life. with the doctor on Bookface. <laughs> um Oh, you- beautiful! But yeah, so Ben and Polly, beautiful. Ben and Polly have been married twice. They are currently still married. There's no established reason as to why they stopped being married the first time. Um, so I just think that the, that the people making the EU forgot. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so Stan, Ben, and Polly—they are cute. I read a great fic once where yeah. Ben was a butch lesbian, um, and Need I think about it a lot. I will link it to you. <laughs> it's by the same Thank person. You. You're sending me so much gold today. Right, we need to finish this (laughs) Okay, Polly. Um, Her last name wasn't confirmed to be right and performed Doctor Who until 2009 uh, in an audio called, I think, Resistance. She's been in two main range audios, ten companion chronicles, eight early adventures and two short trips. Because Annika Wills is still alive, so she's still doing things with Big Finish, as far as I'm aware. Nice. Um, Michael Craze sadly died in, I think, the late 90s. Um, Hmm. so he's not in any big finished things. He's been, like, the character's been featured in 10 Companion Chronicles, 6 Early Adventures, and 2 Short Trips. Um, book-wise, they're both pretty much always included together. Like, there's not really separate Ben and Polly things. (laughs) Um, yeah, they they are a package deal. Yeah, so they've been in one Virgin Missing Adventure, four, uh, past Doctor Adventures, and one Telos novella, which is apparently, like, a bizarre, like, psychosexual acid trip through, like, 60s America. (laughs) It's a weird one. Okay. It's a weird one. Um, And then they were in seven Doctor Who annual short stories, which are extremely hard to find, so I I don't know why I mentioned it even now. Uh, Seven short trips (laughs) and one tale of terror. So, yeah. They're not the most common companions, and especially not them with the Doctor without Jamie, which is what I've managed to find for our featured short trip. Interesting, okay. Um, but yeah, so the featured short trip is short from Short yes. trips. the Solar System. It's Pluto by Dale Smith. Um, and it's set directly after Power of the Daleks. They Perfect. go to um, not Pluto, but like an ice moon of Pluto.
1: <laughs> Newton. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Ben is still distrustful of the Doctor. Polly is still not quite sure... And they come across this expedition that's come to the moon in order to mine ice, so that they can send the water to Earth colonies on planets that don't have water. Um, okay. And the leader of the expedition—that's an interesting concept. Yeah. The leader of the expedition is a what they think is a robot, but is actually the brain of a person who has been like implanted into a robot because their body was destroyed. Yikes! Not really okay. explored. Um, but <laughs> the, this, uh, the it's he's called Professor the professor, and the professor is distrustful of the doctor and follows them everywhere and eventually they discover the source of this thing because they, when they arrived on this moon, they found a dead body and Ben is angry at the Doctor for letting Polly see it and it's like, Ben, the Doctor did not see it until exactly the same moment as Polly saw it. Um, but yeah, so they find this dead body and they're trying to figure out what killed it and eventually it leads them to this underground cavern um, in which they find mm. the comatose body of another member of their crew who had gone missing who is essentially brain dead, I think. And then a bunch of other humanoid aliens lying in these like stasis chambers. And the doctor is like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. And then we cut back to Polly, who has been waiting back out of the cavern, and they all emerge. And it turns out that the professor, ha- the professor, has killed all of the aliens who were in the tanks. And the doctor is like, mm. I can't believe that you've done this. Like, it, it just genuinely like furious. As is Ben, obviously. Um, yeah. And it's just, it turns out that these humanoids were essentially. Um, a mental prison for this monster that lives oh boy. on the moon um, and now oh boy. that the professor has killed all of them the shadow is free fuck um, it is really something so yeah like The shadows' more opened and sat closed around one of the professor's outstretched arms. In a shower of sparks, it was ripped clean off. Magellan gave an electronic howl and spun quickly around, backing away to join Ben and Polly. Ray had already dived for cover behind the caskets. Ben could hear her whimpering softly to herself about nightmares and shadows. "'I can't see anything there!' Magellan cried. There seemed to be an edge of panic in his synthesised voice. "'What is it?' The shadow swelled to twice its original size, filling the entire chamber with darkness. The globe above the caskets flickered like a fluorescent bulb. Hungry, Ben said. The shadow lunged. Oh boy. That's intense. It's very intense. It's a very intense story. I really enjoyed it. And then like in the end, they managed to subdue the shadow and it's still there, but it no longer has quite such aggressive tendencies. It's Very good. And then the author, Dale Smith, uh, has like a post on his blog that is all about Writing the story and the thoughts that he had about it and how he got commissioned to write it. Um, Which is pretty interesting. Apparently he wrote it over a couple of nights, which is hilarious to me. Wow. And then did, like, a second draft and then, like, sent it in. (laughs) Um, As you do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Imagine having that, like, speed of writing.
0: Yeah, it's, uh... It's a good short story. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that it establishes the tone really, really well, and it also it extends Ben's distrust of the Doctor in a way that makes sense because he's still not convinced that this mm. is the Doctor, right? Um, but it's good. Yeah, and I recommend. It. I shall add it to the very long Yay. list of things you recommended right. that I need to check out. Rankings X of the week.
1: Rankings X of the week. X of the week. Ooh. <laughs> um instrument of the week's the recorder of
0: course of course um,
1: it just brought me joy every
0: single yes. time it happened mine is um appendage of the week for the sieve i'm obsessed with the sieve darling <laughs> of course they just you have are. to sieve these little <laughs> dalek babies out of the out of the sludge it's the nutritional Beautiful. mucus all over again
1: <laughs> no we can't go down back that yes, road yes we
0: can and we will um, no. Um, so we have a degree of one <laughs> this time, which is Robert James, who plays Lesterson, was in the Blake 7 episode The Way Back as Van Glynd. Now, I'm fairly sure I've seen The Way Back. I think Van Glynd is the villain in that episode. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, he was also in The Demons as Man. <laughs> Ooh. very descriptive spicy um he was a very prolific actor from the late 50s up until the late 90s then he appeared in one thing just before his death he died in 2004 okay. but he was reliably okay. in a lot of television like i'm sure if we watched some other tv from around this time he would probably pop up then we would find him um, and speaking of lord peter Wimsey, he was in five red herrings which is a story ah. i have never managed to read it is notoriously extremely boring and difficult to follow um it's a timetable mystery Have you ever had a timetable mystery though
1: no it's a
0: genre of mystery no, from the 1930s which has thankfully not really survived in which pretty much everything <laughs> relies on your ability to interpret clues based on a, like a train timetable which i can't do reading a train timetable to figure out what time <laughs> my train is coming like i can't do a puzzle Amazing. to do with train timetables i can barely do one of those maths problems it's like the, the the train from glasgow takes an hour and 30 minutes to get to aberdeen how long does it take to get to Edinburgh if Edinburgh is 3.5 times as far away? Like, I can't yep. do it. <laughs> yeah. Can't do it. But yeah, so we got, we got a degree of one, and he was very good in this serial. We admire Robert James for his yep. skill of being completely unhinged when necessary.
1: <laughs> yeah, very convincing. Ooh, time to out of five minutes. Um, I'm gonna... Ooh, I'm gonna give it a solid... Five mysterious capsules fished out of a mercury pond out of five. Ooh,
0: that's a lot of capsules. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna give it five attempts to unlock a sonic lock out of five. (laughs) It's very, very good. That's a solid. When was the last time we had like two fives? I think probably *Remembrance of the Daleks*. Oh yeah, we
1: probably probably, gave that 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 fives, right?
0: We must have given that fives. If we didn't, I'm going back and editing to 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 give it it fives.
1: It is a perfect bit of TV. Very, very All right. So. Overall
0: ranking. Um, I mean, it's going near the top, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's got
0: to. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta change the spelling. <laughs> it. uh, <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. It's um, very. I don't know. Is it below or above Remembrance?
1: I get. I would put it between. Ooh. Oh boy. We. Have, oh boy. Oh
0: boy. Oh man.
1: I'd probably put it below Demons.
0: See, I would put it above Demon. I would put it above Battlefield and below Remembrance. Okay. So we actually have a separation of an entire two spaces in this case. <laughs> Just because every time we talk about the demons, we go, "We love it, but it's too long." Whereas yeah. with Paras none of our none of our issues with it, which are like limited issues, which is that there's two women in it. Um, <laughs> mm. Like none of them are that it's too long. It is perfectly paced, and it's a six parter, and I feel that like that merits rewarding. That's
1: so rare. And it... let's let's put it. Below remembrance, yes. then.
0: below remembrance and above battlefield. So our ranking now: the top five are remembrance, power, battlefield, the demons, and the mutants. Because we have taste, yay! <laughs> um, right, so where do we think it's going to be on the mighty two hundred?
1: I think it's going to be quite high, like
0: thirty-one. I would say sixty. Twenty-one. Damn. Nice. Like, I think it deserves to be there. I'm just pleased.
1: Yeah, we very rarely agree with the Doctor Who magazine yeah, rankings. The, but yeah, when it's we it's below do, the Deadly
0: Assassin and above Army of Ghosts slash Doomsday, mm. which I think is a little bit high, but that's like recency bias for Army of Ghosts, I think.
1: Exactly, yeah. And Deadly Assassin does yes. deserve to be
0: that high. But yes, and I've started reading the novelisation and it's good so far. <laughs> so we can it good so far.
1: All right. I think this is um, an episode. It certainly is. It's not our longest recording no, session there ever. No, a big
0: pause in the middle. So thank you very much for listening to record... Fucking hell. Thank you very much for listening to Reversing Polarity a Doctor Who fancast. You can find us uh, elsewhere on the internet on Twitter at polaritypod or on Tumblr at polaritypod.tumblr.com. You can find me on Twitter at dotsayers and aim at aimtellstories. That's Aim A Y M. if you haven't caught on to that by now. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Write and review on iTunes should you be able to do so. And we will see you in two weeks-ish for Full Circle.